can I pee really quick? Are we recording? Because I really hope we were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love you guys so much. I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. You're a lot. To another episode of Planet Fantasy. And as always, we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. How's it going, man? It's good, man. How are you? I'm all right. It's uh for us, it's the end of the week. It's Friday the thirteenth, you know, <laughs> a great day of, of days. One of my favorites. I wish I had the money for a quick cheap tattoo, that'd be great. You, you doing all right, man? Yeah, I am uh Coming off of, like you said, kind of a long week, had a terrible headache the last couple of days, but this is like the perfect cure. I love talking about movies. We were first joined by our good pals, uh, Dom and Kristen, traveling in time from the 1970s. How are y'all? Hello. Here I am. Super cool. <laughs> I'd just like to note at the top of the podcast that uh, Kyle and I are still at war, um, so that may come well, Dom, in different can, ways throughout the pod. You can choose the outcome of that. You can choose the outcome of that if you drop I choose violence. <laughs> can you tell us again why y'all are at war right now? Last week on Planet Fantasy. Yeah, what is Kyle it this decided time, to go Tom? out of his way in last week's pod to just shit on <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time for no reason. And then flippantly say after he does it, oh, sorry, Dom, just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't even think he added the just I kidding. I didn't say just kidding. I no, yeah, you didn't. Yeah, exactly. I remember what I said. And for and the record, only... that movie is uh, Nomeo and Juliet. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that's the first Two. movie you're going to be drafting. Yes. <laughs> and it was at that moment I knew that we were at war. Yes, I, I love it. I accept oh. this. I, I need this energy for the entire draft, please, please. Uh, so, Kristen, <laughs> have you been binging anything as of late? Yeah, so the new season of The Challenge premiered this week, so we've been yes. doing a lot of binging old seasons, prepping for our fantasy draft of that that we did this week, uh, which was super exciting. And we have also started a rewatch of Boardwalk Empire, because I did not watch past the first season when the it was actually airing, so that's been a lot of fun to to get to watch through. Nice. I believe you were watching The Challenge last time. We are always, We're always watching in a state of challenge watching. <laughs> We're in a really old episode right now, so the uh, the soundtrack is like peak early high school angst and like drama, and it's just been a really yeah. special time. I love it, Dom. Any anything uh, unique to your your binging other than the challenge? <sighs> no, just uh, well, I've been watching um, Bad Batch. Of course, I watched the season finale. I'm pretty sure that was. Yeah, today. don't say no any spoilers. Nope, no spoilers. It was very um, dramatic. So if it wasn't the finale, then <laughs> oh boy. I wa- I've, I've watched most of the first episode of What If, which I really loved. Um, I've been watching Ted Lasso, which it continues to just be heartwarming and and emotionally manipulative, but I love so it. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, and then Deadwood and and the oh yeah, Deadwood. We watched. Oh, and we also finished um, the Heaven's Gate documentary, The Cult of Cults, last night. 
And then we went outside and watched the meteor shower. So it was all just really an on brand <laughs> couple of days. <laughs> Very nice. Kyle, what's your binging looking like? Um, I haven't been watching a ton of TV other than like the stuff that's on right now. I did just go back in classic fashion because the last season just started. I decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back, go back and start at the beginning of Brooklyn nine, nine. That's exactly um, the I've right never decision. Seen, I've never uh, seen it all the way through. So I've got to catch all the way up. Um, maybe I'll finish before the season ends, but yeah, just watched the first few episodes today. And, and of course I love it. Uh, and I haven't been, I mean, binging a lot of other TV. I did see a movie called nine days that I'm still thinking about Winston Duke. If he isn't at least nominated for an Oscar, I'm going to lose my mind. He's, oh, it's fucking incredible. But if you're listening, go see Nine Days because it's great. Gotcha. I have not really been binging much of anything myself. Oh, actually, you know what? I started a binge, a rewatch of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That's, yes. Uh, yep. Damon, Kristen's that's been what doing that. I sure have. <laughs> I realized that I, so there was a period of time where every year for Christmas I would get two guaranteed gifts and one would be a dvd of the latest season of scrubs and the other would be a dvd of the latest season of it's always sunny in philadelphia but i'm watching now and i'm realizing there's like three seasons the newest ones that i just haven't seen i guess i didn't know that they even happened <laughs> so it's been a very special time the newer episodes are really good they're very different in a weird like yeah. they're just a little bit more I don't know, smarter. I don't know, which is weird yeah. to say. The episodes have always been very clever with, the, yeah. with how dumb they are. And it's definitely so. like a fast turnaround. And so kind of like once you get your bearings again, though, it's incredible. Yep. So I've been doing that, and I love it. I love Frank. I love how despicable they all are. It's such a lovely, disgusting show. It's, it's it really yeah. is. I'm it's in a quandary because um, I have a client I work with and he's 15 and he's like, have you ever heard of the show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like I just started watching it and I was like, Oh day, you and me are going to have a time. <laughs> also like I, was like, I was like, I guess I watched it when I was 15, but it feels young now for him. It feels too, yeah. too small. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Well, that's what we've all been watching. And now I think it's time to get to the episode. This is the last episode in this series. Acolytes of film 2010s. A decade that is stacked, that is so full of movies. Dom came to us begging, pleading to add another movie to the list for everyone. It's true. But it's not going to happen, y'all. It's (laughs) it's still four for everyone. This is 16 movies, and we'll see how it all falls. And for today's list game, what do you have for us, Kyle? All right. Yes, as always, I have my trusty deck of cards from our very much not sponsor, Blockbuster. Let's see. Let me do a quick shuffle. I wish. Call us up, Blockbuster. Hit Um, us up. Let's see. Okay. Movies with theme songs. How how are we feeling about that? Because I can draw another one. That's a lot of movies. I feel like we're going to run into like problems maybe four or five in where it's like is that a theme song right, right. let's define the every word theme song. most movies have original scores that have like right. a, a main theme sure. so okay i'm gonna draw another one just for shits and giggles okay and it's like see. movies that have two theme songs fuck you <laughs> <laughs> fuck you uh, movies with a baby <gasps> Wait, oh i like that i like that movies with a baby movies with a baby so okay. we'll have to say like they're they play a main role That's or you tough. know they it movie features around them somehow okay so the movie has to have a baby in it 
for most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. Right. Or like the base has it? a prominent role. Like it's right. maybe not a long time, but they have an important scene or something. Sure. sure. You know. Sure. I mean, worth yeah, we'll say a movie and if there's a movie that has like an iconic scene and that's the only time you see the baby, but it's like that movie's iconic scene, that works as well. Or if, okay. like, one of the plot points... I mean, worst case, if I say a movie and you guys don't agree with it, I, I could still, like, say another movie, right? Like, if you... Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. So. Yeah. All right. So, Kristen, you can go first, and then Dom. I will go third, and then Kyle can go last. I'm going to go with Look Who's Talking, an American classic. So good. No idea what that is, but sure. What? Dom. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, The Hangover. Mm. Yep. Uh, oh, sorry, Damon. Go ahead. Oh, three men and a baby. Uh, baby geniuses. Uh, baby's day out. Um, boss baby. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailers. I'm pretty sure it stars a baby. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does. This is this movies. Sorry, movies with a baby or about a baby. With a baby. The it's movie starring movies babies. With a baby. The with baby a baby. has to be okay. the top billed actor <laughs> yeah. in the film. Yeah. <laughs> movies with only babies. No adults. <laughs> only babies. Um, am I already not th- being able to think of anymore? Because that's just ridiculous. I mean, it tracks, though. I feel like, did weren't you out first last time? Oh, shit talking <laughs> right out of the gate. I'm okay with that. Because it doesn't matter about the list game. It matters about who wins. Uh, <laughs> I think I've won the last two four, in the fantasy face-off. Three, I'll just keep posting instead of keep thinking of an answer. Two, <laughs> and one. That's it. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm on a winning okay. streak. I'll take it. I'll take a couple it. more. Let's see. I'll go with the Rugrats movie. Nice. I'm going to go with Labyrinth. Mm. Uh, due date? I feel like the whole plot of that movie is about the baby that's coming. So, oh, is that is that um Zach Galvanakis and yeah and RDJ? Oh, oh, gotcha. I feel like we're getting into like kind of like a pro choice versus pro right territory. Like, do, if this one is pregnant, <laughs> oh, is the baby no. really in the movie? <laughs> oh boy. Um, let's see the campaign. Uh, Rosemary's baby. Uh, knocked up. Um. Okay, I don't know if this counts. Waitress. I've, I've never seen, seen that. that. Oh, I can Google you it. Wound me. Well, it's my favorite Broadway musical, but the musical is based on a movie, and it's the whole movie is about her being pregnant and expecting this baby. I think if due date and knocked up counts, then that counts. Oh, okay. then I'm gonna say Baby Mama for my pick. Damn it, that was my next one. Great movie. Sucks to suck. <laughs> um, Simpsons movie because Maggie is in it. I think that should count. Okay, that's yeah, a that's baby. It that is a baby. <laughs> that's a baby. Uh, let's see. I know there's a second boss baby. It just came out. What's it called? Boss Baby Two: Electric Boogaloo. I wish um let's see oh 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 what to expect when you're expecting nice 
Um, oh, it's almost Nicholas Cage. Raising Arizona. Great movie. Oh, I just had one. What was I just thinking? Oh, no. Shit, footballs. Oh, uh, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, because big plot point. Fucking we can see the twin horn. Get the fuck Babies. out of here. So the big scene. I think that should count. Nope. Babies are there. Nope. Mm. No. No. <laughs> well, fuck. I don't think I have another one. Oh, uh, oh, um, uh, no, no, The Incredibles. Okay, that's, nice. I'll accept that. Uh, Incredibles 2. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right, fine, R- Rugrats in Paris, Kyle. That's what I was trying to remember. There's another <laughs> one. That's the Godzilla one, isn't it? Correct. It's a reptile, though, so how dare you? You should be disqualified. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, Jungle Book? Uh, he's a baby for like the very beginning of the movie, and then he's just a boy. You did say the word baby, though. <laughs> that, no. <laughs> he's a baby for as long ah. as we see baby Luke and Leia. So, no. <clears throat> oh, um, the Clone Wars movie. Because we've got uh, the oh. baby. Uh, Jabba's baby. Yep. Yeah. Sure. That that does sure. count. Yep. Um. Okay. Okay. As far as like scenes, because this is I think one scene, but it's a very memorable scene. It's a nope. fuck scene. It's terrible. Uh, train spotting. No. If I didn't get Revenge of the Sith with one scene, that then you don't get train that spotting wasn't with the, one like, scene. The, the iconic scene from that movie, though, that wasn't the the stick out scene. I've made an effort to not see that movie, so... Oh, it's the point of the movie, movie, is it like Knocked Up or Due Date, where it centers around this baby coming? Or no, is it but just... there's a horrifying scene where he overdoses and he no. does drugs. And... No. Okay, fine. Fine. Uh, let's see. Five. Four. Baby Geniuses 2? Is that, is that the name of it? Uh, let me go to the phone. Check the internet. If it's not, then your time is up. Consult the Google. Uh, no, that's Fuck. not what it's called. It's not. It's the stupid title. God damn it. Super Wait, babies. Ha. <laughs> I hate it. All right. Kristen and Dom. So in my head, I was trying to think, oh, fuck, what's that Clive Owen movie with a baby? And then I realized there's two oh. of them. So I'm going to go with Shoot 'em Up. Oh, okay. That get, gives me a great one, though. Children of Men. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go with Look Who's Talking too, which is spelled like T-O-O. But that is what it's called. I can't believe I didn't say that. I, I can't, Cameron couldn't remember the name of it. Um, Alien? The alien is a baby when it comes out, and it's a pretty big deal. I don't know if we said baby like animals and baby humans are too. I'm gonna say no. No, Dom really just wants to pick alien in a in a podcast with us. How many times did I talk about alien? How many times, Damon? To it. exactly. Remember when yeah. I drafted alien, Dom? No, I don't remember that, Damon. I hate you. Oh, uh, about time. There's babies in it oh, multiple times. Great. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Good movie. Uh. 
<laughs> uh, Bridget Jones Baby. That was one of them, right? Mm-hmm. The movie is called Bridget Jones Baby? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, fuck shit. That's not a movie. Not incorrect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do us all a favor and not drag this out. I don't have I don't have I think I'm out. I'm tapped out. A baby mode. Which right. is a bummer because we just watched Juno and you could have said it, but Oh motherfucker. Oh, that's right. You hate to see it. You hate to that see is it. A great one. Oh I'm sorry, did I win one. the list game again? Oh okay. again. Wow. Who saw let's, it coming? Let's see if you can repeat it last time by winning the list game and losing the poll. Let's see if we can I won in my heart. <laughs> I, I just really care about the alphabet and lists, so I've already that's I'm fair. already a winner. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to say that Dom's going to go first because I don't want him to go two in a row and he already has the one he's going to say first. So like, why not? Uh, and then I will go second and then Damon, I'll let you go third. And then Kyle, I'm going to have you go last just out of solidarity to the feud. I'm down <laughs> with the turnaround. I'll take it. Uh, Okay. Before we jump to Dom's first pick, because that was such a long list game, let's go to a quick break. We're back, and we're drafting 2010's movies. And it's the first pick, and Dominic is up. Dom, what's your pick? That is me. I'm I'm really happy. I was nervous when we were doing the list game, because I thought that I would need to win to get the first pick. Um, so I'm very happy I got this. The thing, when I was doing my research about... This decade, I was really excited because, like, the 2010s is just fucking stacked with movies, but, like, so many in so many different categories. And I feel like even the four of us who have, like, pretty similar, we have pretty similar tastes. I think that we're going to be able to do an okay job of, like, getting our movies without stepping on each other's toes. But the one movie on my list that I was super uh, nervous about getting, and the one that I will then, of course, draft first is what year did this come out i don't know 2016 so right in the middle of the decade it is gareth edwards star wars rogue one a star wars story it is probably the best star wars movie from the decade to pick for obvious yeah i mean in my opinion and i and i know i want to preface before i say all of these things these are just my opinions i'm not a star wars bro i don't care if if you don't like it, that's okay. If you really love one of the other movies and think this is trash, that's fine. Opinions are great. That's what movies and art is for. In my opinion, Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. Maybe second best behind Empire. Um, but it's just like, it, I feel like it delivers on everything a Star Wars movie should be. Like, it's just gritty and grimy and like the, the entire universe feels lived in and old, just like it does in the, in the originals. Um in my opinion, you've got the best non-Force-using villain since Tarkin with uh, Orson Krennic. Um, the cast. Sorry, is how do you say that name? Krennic. Krennic. <laughs> the cast is like just wild. It's uh, I wrote it down because of just how insane it is. It's Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Ben Mendelsohn, Forrest Whitaker, Donnie Yen, Wen Jiang, uh, Alan Tudyk, Riz Ahmed. Mads Mikkelsen, and of course, Jimmy Smits, because if there's ever an opportunity for Bail Organa to be on your screen, uh, Jimmy Smits makes damn sure that he's there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the woman who played Mon Mothma looks stupidly like the original uh, Mon Mothma, like to the point that when I originally saw it, I thought that it was either like 
sort of a Tarkin CGI situation or that this actor was just like ageless, sort of like how uh, Ian McDermott played Sheev in like the originals and the prequels and looked and it, and it looked seamless. Um, I could go on and on. I think it's incredible. Like the, the, the fact that they use like the unused, uh, some of the unused material from New Hope with the, with, in, with the uh, battle scene at the end when they've got the original pilots of the, uh, of the X-Wings making the call outs and, and stuff like that during the scene. It just feels super immersive. I mean, the whole scene when Kren- we get to see Krennic go to fucking uh, Vader's castle is just in- insane. I think it's got some of the best cinematography of any of the Star Wars movies. It's just like simultaneously beautiful and while still accomplishing that like gritty, grimy Star Wars universe feel thing. Um, yeah, I could go on and on. Also, the space scene. I could watch the, the last like 45 minutes of that movie forever and ever and ever. The the Corvette, the Hammerhead Corvette was one of the most badass ships I've ever seen. Uh just everything about this movie I love. So I know that we're a bunch of nerds and this was the one that I was most nervous about getting stolen from me. So I had to grab it. Number one. I dig it. Kristen, how do you feel about rogue one? Is it, is it one of your favorite star Wars movies? For sure. And I think that it's one of the only new star Wars movies that feels like an old star Wars movie. Um, and yeah, I think it's definitely like, so I, I would definitely say it's the best of the new Star Wars movies. I don't know if it's better than Empire Strikes Break Back. I think it's a little blasphemous, but I will give it to Dominic. That's an excellent pick. Because I was realizing too, like a lot of Star Wars movies came out in this decade, including the Phantom Menace re-release 3D version. So to go with this one, I think is a strong, a strong pick. Agreed. Kyle, how do you feel about Rogue One? Uh, so Dom's starting the feud early. Um, I... I'm glad he prefaced it all with like, I don't care if you don't like this movie. I, I like it. I think on rewatch, I've liked it a bit more. Um, it's interesting. So the first time I saw it, I had not yet seen clone wars or rebels and I don't know why, but after watching those, I had a more like more of an appreciation for it. Um, I think it's kind of just in that world, right. Of like kind of more the rebellion side of star Wars that we don't always see. Um, I think yeah, I think it's good. I agree. I think it's the best of the of the decade. You know, it's one could argue doesn't have a lot of competition, but it's a lot of it really does work. I think that you know, Don even said about the last like 30, 45 minutes. If it was just that, it would rival Empire for me. Like that whole last section is just breathtaking, and it's like the way they can keep the tension up for that long amount of time is just. So impressive. Um, yeah, I love the I love the Vader stuff. I think that it's funny, like watching if you watch them in timeline order, it is funny watching him just wreck shop and then immediately watch him and Ben Kenobi have the slowest lightsaber <laughs> fight of all time and in, in a new hope. But that's not this movie's fault. I mean, it came out years after. So um, but it is it's so gratifying finally watching this iconic villain be the scary villain that he's always like they always say he is, but we don't really get to see that. And so it's just amazing. It's an amazing way in the movie. And then like I like the CGI for Tarkin. I think that the CGI for Leia is a little wonky. And even when I saw it in the theater, it was very jarring because like yeah. I think I saw it in the theater like days after she died. So it was very it was just upsetting and like emotional and not in the right way. 
Um, but I mean, I, yeah, it's it's fine. And and I, I do love I love the crew that they have. Like Felicity Jones and um, Diego, Diego Diego Luna play off each other really really well. I'm excited for the uh, the Andor series for sure. But um, if nothing else, I mean, you can rewatch it for the iconic. <laughs> Whatever Forrest Whitaker was on when he when he made this movie, just the <laughs> lies, lies, deception. We're good. Oh, got it. The best. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Damon, what do you think of Rogue One? I enjoyed Rogue One. It was a very really fun uh, theater experience. Uh, obviously, the Vader is as a highlight of the last ten years as far as seeing things in, in the theater. You know, you just see the the red illuminate them, and just he just goes so hard on everybody. There was there was no hope for him, and the fact that it just connects to like directly right into a new hope is such a cool like little thing that they decided to do. I love that they decide they did that. And remember when they did they made this movie, everyone was just kind of like, why? Like why are we doing this movie? What's what's the point? You know. But the fact that they did it and it, they nailed it, and it's honestly a lot of people's like you know favorite movie, top three favorite Star Wars movie, is a testament to how well it was done, how well it was executed, and that cast just it had to work, you know, like they had to have good chemistry. You had to believe them. You wanted them to win, and the fact that it you know every element just kind of clicked, it was great. I honestly, I will say, I haven't seen it since the theater. I thought you were about to see. Say, I haven't seen it ever. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, all these things. From what I've heard, everything I just said is factual. I was just completely bullshitting. All Actually, that. Yeah. no clue Darth Vader was in it, but that's cool. yeah. <laughs> but it sounds great. Just hearsay, you know. Um, no, I haven't seen it since the movies, but I've been meaning to do a Star Wars rewatch. Uh, I'm starting that I think this week, uh, so I'll be watching it again. I think I'm gonna watch it right before a new hope so it just slides right into it and i'll yeah, see how well that works it. i'm yeah, very excited cool to do it in timeline order it's phenomenal the way it transitions like i because i saw it in the theater and immediately went home and it was like i think it, it was like a midnight release so i got home at like you know 3 a.m and just turned on a new hope because it's like the transition is fucking flawless it's yeah. it's amazing yeah and i will say one more thing hot take maybe i don't have any of the star wars movies on my board at all same yeah, you were not in danger at all dom oh this was the only one i had so i'm i don't regret it that's fine because i feel pretty secure about the other three that i'd like to draft um but yeah that's fair the other ones yeah also just la last note about rogue one i totally like i agreed with what you said kyle like there the leia it was also weird because the tarkin cgi i thought was incredible like even when i saw it and even now when i watch it on disney plus or whatever whenever i'm watching it i'm always taken by how incredible the tarkin cgi is and how great they do with him but then you get to the leia scene and it's just so off-putting and it's like yeah. who the fuck is that that is not leia why is this here yeah. um yeah so that that and uh and and forrest whitaker doing doing the most are the yeah. two parts of the movie that where it that are a little bit of a hiccup for me, but other Forrest than that, Forrest Whitaker only has one volume, and it's just always <laughs> to do as much as possible. That's true. Oh, uh, you know, a Star Wars got getting picked first. Uh, it's kind of a running theme in these decades drafts. So, you know, I, I like it. I dig it. 
So that leads us to Kristen's first pick. Me. Um, so yeah, I had a really hard time just looking through all the movies in general. There are so many. And so this was really the first draft, I feel like, where I had to really think about how you guys were all going to draft to make sure that I got what I wanted. Um, and I know you guys are bigger fans of the horror genre. So for my first pick, I'm going to go ahead with 2019's Midsommar. For those who haven't seen it, highly recommend. It is the first scary movie that I loved and has led to like a new love and appreciation for the genre. Um, and it hits, and it's not like just scary. I think it's really hard to describe to people who haven't seen it. Um, like I tried to describe it to Dominic before I had, for sure. Like I tried to describe <laughs> it to Dominic, like, cause he was like, I don't like scary movies. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I think that you'll be okay. And, um, but like the parts of it that are funny are genuinely hysterical. It's so well-written. All the dialogue sounds incredibly natural. So it's really easy to feel like the whole thing is immersive. Um, yeah, I think it's just incredible. So that's gonna be my first pick. I dig it. Dom, how do you feel about Midsommar? Yeah, it's it's definitely saying it's hard to describe is is perfect because I resisted seeing this movie for a long time. I I generally don't like horror movies. I can do scary if it's like like I to bring it up again. Love Alien. I love suspense. I love that sort of scary. Um, that is the, the type of scary movie that I'm willing to like subject myself to. I'm not a fan of like Friday the Thirteenth or other like horror movies in that genre generally. Um, and I also especially hate surreal movies. They just make me feel like ripping my skin off generally. Uh, like I saw, I won't name the other two that make me think of that cause they're in this decade and I don't want to ruin it if either one of you are going to draft them, but I normally hate those movies. So when I saw that this was a horror, like a surreal horror movie, basically, I was like, yeah, that's for sure. Not for me. Um, but after, after a while of, people telling me and then finally Kristen trying to convince me I, I I took the plunge and I watched it with her and I have to say it was I thought it was amazing like it it's one of the one of the best sort of horror and surreal movies I've ever seen I think it does a really great job like the cinematography is incredible the acting is amazing um it's a very unique movie but it's 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 one that really sticks with you in good ways and bad ways but I definitely think it's it's one of the best movies of, of the decade for sure. And I, I, even as someone who hates the genre, really appreciated it. It's one of the most visually striking movies I've ever seen. You know, like the way it's shot, the colors, the haunting music. It's very unsettling. I did not enjoy watching it just as far as like the feeling I was feeling the entire time, which I believe was probably on purpose, you know, um, they wanted that kind of, it was just like very creepy and it's just kind of like, like I just couldn't get comfortable the entire time. It was a really good movie. One that I don't know if I'll ever want to watch again, just because I, it's not my favorite type of horror, but it was so well done and so beautiful. And I love the music really like a lot. I, I love that part of it. But, I, you know, I might watch it again just to because my expectations and how, like, I was just waiting to see what happens. And now I can maybe watch it and, you know, f figure out what I feel about it. So, but that's a great pick. It's a super, super popular horror movie. One that people have been talking about 
pretty much nonstop since it came out. So, yeah, I was going to say I would if you can manage a rewatch, I would highly recommend it just because I think you're right. A lot of it is hard to get settled into like the first time around. And then so when you watch it the second time and you're a little less like on your guard, there's so many like little details and like things to notice like in the background. So I think it's definitely worth a a rewatch. I, I tend to watch it once every spring just when it's that time. Kyle? It definitely feels like one of those movies, like, I, it's once a year rewatch for me. Like, no more than that, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Do you um, like it some more, Kyle? I do. I, so, same, kind of same as Damon, when I first saw it. So, I, gen, I generally really like unsettling horror movies. I think that horror, horror is made to, to make you feel uncomfortable and, and to build dread and suspense. So, and also I loved hereditary. So I was like super excited for this movie. I also love cult movies. Like I felt like it was just like right up my alley. Um, and then for some reason, I think it was just like the, like I was just having a bad day when I saw it. And so just the fact that it's just so uncomfortable the entire time, I, I, I'm also due for a rewatch where I'm like, I know what I'm watching because yeah, I was watching it. I was like, I just feel shitty this entire time <laughs> i just feel bad watching this movie um but i will say uh like i am a huge fan of florence Pugh. was before i saw the movie and her performance in this is just fucking like it's all it feels like a no-brainer to say that now because she's just great in everything but and she'd done a few things before this but this was the movie that like i was like oh god like she is a, a real talent i mean she's she's so good in this movie the rest yeah. of the cast is great too i mean we get our guy chidi from the good place um the rest of the cast are all pretty shitty people but they play it well i mean jack rayner is great um i i, I want to watch it again just to kind of get another chance but i do love movies that explore this kind of stuff also horror movies set in the day are a rarity and there's also something really unsettling about that and i love that like it's because you're supposed to like you feel safer in scenes that are lit and during the day right and so the fact that all this crazy uncomfortable unsettling stuff happens in bright sunlight is just it adds to it it makes it a very like uh suspenseful watch so it's a great pick i will say before we move on that's one of the most like what's the word memorable yeah it's just very very memorable and vivid ending scenes like ending shots of a movie yeah oh yeah so so well done any any last words or thoughts about midsummer before we move on kristen nope. all right <laughs> so that means we are to my pick and that means i'm very happy because y'all did not pick the movie i wanted uh, and I'm before Kyle, so I didn't have to worry about him picking <laughs> a movie that I might pick. Um, I don't know if he was going to go with it first or even second, but I'm definitely getting it out of the way because I love it. And I fall in love with it more every single time I watch it. It's probably going to be my only superhero movie I draft. But it's just it changed the game. It has one of the best soundtracks re in recent memory. It's just so fun. And we talked about it, you know, a little bit last week, you know. So I'm talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, oh, yeah. 2018 movie that yeah, just wowed everybody. And, like, even I don't think I... In, like, 
realized how good it was when I first watched it. And like every single time I watch it over, I find other small pieces that I'm just like, wow, that that's just amazing. Oh, what they did that like, that's a nice little touch. And I, it, it's so good. And I love it. Miles Morales is an amazing Spider-Man. I love the way they told it. All the different spider people, the story with him and his dad, him and his uncle, uh, an amazing Wilson Fisk. Um, the villains are great, you know. Doc Ock is is hilarious, you know. Catherine Hahn just is on her A game. We've talked about this movie at length before, but I just have to say, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that it even slid this far. I, I could have saw it be number one easy, so very happy I glad uh, picked that up. Kyle, how do you feel? Were you was this going to be high up on your board or? Uh, it, it wasn't top four, so I'm, I'm a little sad I didn't get it, but I, I am glad it got scooped up in the first round because yeah, we, we just talked about it last week. It's, it's just such a, it's really a perfect Spider-Man movie. I mean, it is like we, we even, one of our topics last week was best live action Spider-Man movie, because if it was just best Spider-Man movie, there, there wouldn't have been an argument. Like it would have just been Spider-Verse. Um, but it's, it's so, it's so good. I remember this is one of my favorite theater experiences because I went in, I knew Miles Morales from the comics, but I I really didn't know what to expect, like what they were going to adapt. And I was in a theater full of people who like, I went with a bunch of friends who didn't really watch a lot of superhero movies. So they were just like, okay, we'll trust you. Like, we'll just kind of go in blind. And it was so fun watching all of their reactions because they were all like, oh, we're in, we'll watch anything now. Like this is, I feel like it's a great introduction for people to superhero movies because there's so much energy in it and passion like you can tell the people who made it really care about the character of miles morales and peter parker and you know like spider-man in general like it's just it's a, such a living breathing world that they set up um the animation is just so unique right like it looks like a comic book come to life i love that the soundtrack like you said is is iconic um yeah there, there's rare moments where like superhero movies don't feel at all like tired or like they've been done before you know like we're kind of in that phase where just like superhero movies are still good but there's a lot of them feel like recycled a little bit and this one just felt so fresh and new and energetic especially the the what's up danger scene like the scene where he jumps off the the building and has that leap of faith moment is just that's going to be iconic forever like that's always going to be this moment that people remember from this movie so for that alone it's it's a great pick i love it Kristen, how do you feel about Spider-Verse? I personally have mixed feelings about Spider-Verse. So the movie itself, incredible. Huge triumph. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. If I was going to pick any superhero movie from the decade, this was going to be the one that I picked. The soundtrack, the animation, everything is like such a, a triumph and like feels so new and fresh. Um, and I think one of the reasons why it does and why it doesn't feel like recycled is they really just like throw it in the face of just like Spider-Man origin story movies. It's a running theme throughout the entire movie. That's like, well, you've heard this before, but here's it like eight more times anyway. And it's, it's kind of a fun, you know, like little montage like moment where I think, I think it's like just enough kind of like fan service and like recognition of like, yeah, we, we know how you guys must feel about Spider-Man by now. So we're just going to like give it to you. Um, and I do love John Mulaney is one of my favorite humans of all time. So having him voice yeah. in the movie was just a super <laughs> special time for me it it's one of those things where this movie just in a personal sense like for me came at a time when like it's a little tainted for me just based on like personal events kind of thing so it's one of those things that I am trying to find my way back to because I want to be able to like enjoy it and fully appreciate it again in a more like subjective way um and I think that it, it merits that 
Like it's it's incredible. Yeah, I think yeah, I I love the movie. It's it's one of the. I mean, this decade is so chock full of superhero movies, obviously, because we're in that era. Um, that I I sort of didn't have a ton of them on my board, and I I came into this kind of knowing that I'm I'm most likely going to leave without a superhero movie. Um, but if I was going to pick one, that was the one that was at the top of my list. Um, for all the reasons that you guys said, it's an amazing soundtrack. It's just an amazing story. It's visually like it's it blows me away every time I see it. Um, in in a lot of ways, it's just a perfect superhero movie and a perfect Spider-Man movie too, which which uh, is not easy to do as as we've seen um, them try to do it over and over again. So I think it's a great pick. I I, I love that movie and I think it's definitely it stands out as um, as the best superhero movie of of the decade. Thank you. Um, predictions? Any wild predictions about Spider Verse Two? What do y'all want to happen? I feel like with with a movie like like with a movie like that where it's in its nature is chaotic and unpredictable and like brings in a multiverse. Like it's yeah so hard to predict, right? But I love that it it feels like it sort of ushered in this era that we're in now with like I don't want to get into spoilers, but with things happening in the mcu where we are getting into multiverse stuff yeah um i feel like it ushered that in and and made made it more mainstream and brought it from like this more sort of nerdy realm of comic books where just the comic hardcore comic book nerds knew about it mm-hmm. to um the forefront and I, and I love that i'm excited about the possibilities you know it gives us gives us things like crocodile loki so yes <laughs> anyone else with a well i yeah so i I'm just really excited because I am a sucker for like any time a movie or TV show, preferably animated, does a thing where they jump from like one universe or one theme like to the next. I like there's a that Futurama episode where they go into the boxes and it's like every box Mm -hmm. is like a different universe and just like a flash montage of like 200 different versions of the thing you love. So I just I would Spider-Man 2 could just be like two hours worth of like. 30 second snippets from like 200 different Spider-Man universes and the ADD in me would be really excited about it. And I would just watch it over and over again. I like that. I like that. Um, As long as I get, it's, there's rumors of this happening, but you know, nothing concrete, but them having the nineties animated series version of Spider-Man join. Yes. Count me in. Please let that happen. Kyle? It's going to be like the Kingdom Hearts of Spider-Man movies now. We're just going to check in like everything <laughs> together. Yes, exactly. I'm all in for that. Yeah. I, I honestly have no expectations because that's how it was for the first one. And it like just blew me away. So I, as long as we get, and I know we will because of the post credit scene, as long as we get a lot of Oscar Isaac as, you know, Spider-Man 2099, I'm all in because he's great. Yeah, all the, the Oscar Isaac. Comics. Yeah, yep. I know. Yeah, any movie benefits from <laughs> anything. Morasco. Yep, uh, Morasco. Crap, and we um, have freaking so... Issa Rae as Spider Woman. That cast. That's is right. Awesome. Yeah. Really, really oh. great casting. So I'm all in. Just give us more weird stuff. Uh, yeah, they they have full control. They can do whatever they want. I'll watch it. All right. So Spider Verse. I'm glad I got it. That leads us to Kyle's first pick. And before he does, we're gonna go to a quick break. Hey, y'all, we're back, uh, back from another dimension where Kyle was the Green Goblin. 
<laughs> and Dom was speed Spider Man. Oh, that was terrible. Now, if he's the Green oh, Goblin, I'm awful. definitely I'm definitely Peter Parker because in this <laughs> war that we're in, I am good and he is evil. Um, Kyle, this is your first pick of the draft. What you got for us? All right. So as Damon knows, and as you, our lovely listeners, know, I usually don't care about the poll. That's going to be more true than usual this week because I realized, so we were talking before the pod, the 2010s is really, that's the decade when I started like actively, like watching movies became more than just like a fun kind of thing to do for me. Like it's like a very, it's a passion of mine. Um, And I just got really into like seeing whatever I could. And a lot of these movies are not going to be like mainstream, you know, releases. So I'm perfectly okay with that. I just love what I love. So for the first one, it's probably the most mainstream of the four I'm picking. Um, I know Damon just saw it for the first time recently. Uh, came out in 2014. I talk about this movie all the time. Yes, Damon, keep drumming. I'm, of course, talking about Whiplash. Um, love, yes. love, love this movie. I Yeah, so I this is one that I unfortunately missed in theaters and then you know saw the Oscar buzz, caught it on Blu-ray, and just lost my mind like I, I was obsessed it was my favorite movie for a while it still is up there it's like somewhere in my top 10 or 15 um but i, I think it's it, it's one of those movies that like they made it and then it's like they were like talking to me like we made everything you like in a movie you're a drummer <laughs> here it is you're a movie I mean, you're a guy who loves like this battle of like psychological battle between two characters here it is you know like you love a good score here it is like i just love everything they do in this movie um i think you know jk simmons is the guy who gets the most talk from the movie rightfully so because he's he's so good in this movie but not enough people talk about miles teller i think he is an actor who just gets miscast a lot but he's like perfectly cast in this movie he's so good um yeah the back and forth between the two of them is just like so intense uh i i love paul reiser you know as his dad he is typically a a more laid back actor and this is a more serious role for him. So I, I think he's great. Um, you know, we get a pre supergirl Melissa Benoit is great as well. Um, I just think this movie like just hits all the, all the things I want from a movie like this. Uh, it's intense. It is a really great study of like what it means to really be obsessed with something and want to be good at something. And I think it's one that anyone can watch and can relate to some aspect of it. Cause there is, there's always that one thing in our life that we are passionate about. And we really have to ask like, how passionate am I? Like, is this going to be something that I'm like going to devote my entire life to? And uh, it's one of those movies too, where the ending you watch the movie and immediately you want to look up like video essays about, because it's not like it's an, it's yeah. a hard to understand ending, but it's one that like warrants just tons of conversation. Right. Because it's pretty ambiguous. Like you don't know if it's a triumphant ending or a really fucking heartbreaking ending because of where the characters are left off. Um, yeah. And I just think that, uh, the movie, the runtime is probably like close to maybe two hours and it just keeps that level of tension the entire time, like the entire runtime. You're just waiting for something to happen and for things to explode. And they do. That's, that's the great thing is like, there's four or five different, climaxes in this movie like there's just four or five different points where things shit hits the fan and you think it's over and then things just keep progressing and getting worse for these two characters and it's just uh it's so good yeah this is a such a great pick even though we're at war um <laughs> this so like i t- what you said really resonates with me the the this decade is really the, the decade where i started i 
feel like I became sort of a film bro and hopefully all the best senses of the word. But like I started like really tr- watching movies intentionally um, and and appreciating the the smaller things about them um, that I didn't I just didn't do, you know, earlier. And 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 that's fine if you don't do that, too. But like this movie is so incredible. I have my top four of the movies that I want, and this is right outside of it. This was like the in case of emergency, in case you lose those, this is next. This is one of those movies where the runtime, you could tell me that it's two hours, but it feels, whatever time it is, it's the perfect amount of time. It feels like it's about an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes because it's just going the whole time. It's so immersive. It's so like completely captivating. What you said about Miles Tellers, I also completely agree with. Like JK is, this is the best performance of his life and it's good that he got the Oscar. But like, there's something to be said for whatever actor has to act opposite that sort of performance that like really dominating and heavy and aggressive performance and being able to stand up to that and and not sort of shrink into the shadows of that performance that's like really impressive and that's what teller does um i think the ending is amazing too it's just one of those movies that's like intellectually it's really stimulating and it makes your brain feel like excited and like you want to dive into these like academic essays about what the ending is or what it could be or all these things and like do your own research of like just diving into the minutia of this movie um it's just so completely captivating and and incredible and and just i i love it um i could this is another one that i could go on and on and on about but this is also one of the first movies where i really felt like this like really deep sense of love for film and cinema and and uh and yeah I just, this is a great one. Great pick. Kristen, do you like Whiplash? Have you seen it? And she's gone. <laughs> she got really she, offended. She fucking hates Whiplash. Whiplash. <laughs> I was like, fuck that. I'm out. No, um, it's definitely one of those movies, like, I didn't see it. Um, and I know I probably should see it, but it kind of feels like eating my broccoli at this point. Like, just everybody's going to talk about it, and I kind of just have to, like, get over it and watch it. I remember oh, when yeah, the trailers... Watching, and, sure. <laughs> I remember when the trailers and stuff came out, like, somebody who has played instruments since they were, like, nine years old and has, like, been in bands and been around music and things like that. These movies come out, and it's either, like, you really gravitate towards it or it, like, really repulses you. You're just like, no. Like, I don't need to see, like, a bunch of guys be pretentious and angry at each other about music. Like, I get that enough of that at home. I'm done. Like, I don't... I'm fine. So it's just, like, that's how I felt about it when the movie came out. So I just never then, like, got past it. But I know it's incredible. I know I should see it. It's you know I'm I'm getting there. Oh yeah, Kristen. So That's Kristen totally and I have fair. have a list of movies that like we really want to show the other person that they haven't seen, and Whiplash has been at the top of of my list for for her for like for the last year. So we're definitely going to get to it. I you know if uh, if anyone who's listening is a listener of the early episodes of Planet Fantasy, you would know that Whiplash was was a very often brought up uh, topic. He's like, I mean, obviously it is Kyle's one of Kyle's favorites, so I'm very not shocked at all that he drafted it. Um, but it took me a while to watch it. Um, but I finally watched it this year, and it is so far. I will say this: uh, today is August 13th, Friday the 13th. It's the best movie I've watched all year. 
I feel like you're just like, saying that to piss me off now, though. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're rubbing it in my face. Do you, do you want me to show you my list? I, just, just for I feel like maybe the only other movies you've watched then are like, I, I don't know, like made for Netflix original animated children's content. Like, I don't know what else you've been watching. Boss Baby I've 2. Good Will, I've watched Goodwill Hunting. Seven times. And that's it. <laughs> and I've watched Seven times. Society, and I've watched um, A Star is Born. A Star is Born. Yep. The and other I thing I wanted... Which version of A Star is Born? There's like four of them. The last one. The oh. one that matters. The, the newer yeah. one. Okay. All right. Hot is <laughs> one, of those, one of those stars Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. So get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> I said that to be spicy. I did happen. It was successful. Um, the producers. Like, I've seen a lot of movies this year. And Whiplash is number one. Because that ending, I think about, like, randomly. Like... You know, I'll just be watching something else or I'll just be like at work. I'm like, oh, man, I kind of want to watch Whiplash just so I can watch that ending and feel that high and that like that emotional like whirlwind that you get while watching it. Like when I was talking about Midsommar, like endings that stick with you, that ending is going to stick with me for a long time because how intense it is. For me personally, movies and TV is a very emotional experience a lot of the times, Mm -hmm. probably more so with movies than tv and with movies like these big spectacles or these you know this like sliver of an hour and 32 hours and it's just i get wrapped up in it and the more that i feel for it the more i'm going to enjoy it and so this is just a case of i was completely enthralled the entire time i just was like these people are assholes i don't like them but i have to see what happens I have to see if he succeeds, if he makes it. Uh, how are they going to, you know, are they going to kill each other? What's what's going to happen? I need to know. And <laughs> so satisfying. See, I think one I'm of the so great parts is that they're not total assholes, though, right? Like, yeah, there are these these movies you see. No, like there are these movies There's you see where it's like it's hard to watch because them. like you're like, why am I rooting for all these assholes? Like they all just suck. But this movie does such a great job of like even JK, who is an asshole in this movie. Yeah. It gives you these moments, like the scene when he sit, when. Uh, all right, I was it gonna gives you moments. The scene, but Kristen it has gives to you watch moments, <laughs> like where it humanizes him and and it and it makes you pause for a second and say like, maybe he's not that bad or like. Oh, at what the does very JK least... play an asshole who's secretly redemptive? He's never played a role like <laughs> no, that. Or like at the very <laughs> least, there, like he, he's an actual JK, real human JK. who has different sides to him. You know, like. Um, I also love it because this was one of the first movies that I feel like fell into this category that I love of movies where like it's not quite just a slice of life movie, but it also doesn't concern itself with like these really classic like world building things that like Hollywood movies often do where like there's all these different stories going on and we have to know all the backstory of everything and we have to see the extent of each of these different side stories. It's just like it's just this story and we're living in this one narrative and that's okay it, it like yeah. it, it can be yeah. simple in in terms of that and also have incredible emotional depth and and be an amazing movie like that's those two things can can happen I at like the same that. time i honestly really enjoy very isolated if if done well very isolated these right. or stories i think those right. could be just as good as anything else uh any last thoughts about whiplash kyle no, I just I I recommend it to literally anyone. I think it's intense and it's there's going to be something that you're going to 
even if it's just one scene, there's going to be something that you pull from it that, like, wow, it's really going to stick with you. And it's also one that I'm glad Dom brought the film bro term up before I did because it's one that I feel I get a little film bro-y about sometimes. I just love it. And I, I own the the soundtrack on vinyl. Like, I just, this is one that I, like, <laughs> went all in for, you know, just went all film bro for. Yeah, um, that's full film bro. It. Like, it's, I, I, I'm not pretentious about it because if someone doesn't like it, I, I genuinely, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I, I, I don't care. But I just think there's so much to, to talk about when it comes to this movie. And that's my favorite thing about watching movies is there's discussion around it, right? And this one will will prompt lots of conversations. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing with like, I think film bro can often be a really negative term and it is rightfully so in a lot of ways. Yeah. But just like with anything, like I consider myself a film bro. I think it's okay. Like as long as you're not pretentious about it, you know, like I'm also a, a yeah. Christopher Nolan fanboy. I'm not pretentious about it. I love Rogue One and I don't really like Last Jedi, but I'm not going to tell you that like you are an idiot for liking or not liking any, you know what I mean? Like, Right, I think it's okay right. to be passionate about these things. The when it becomes an issue is when you're a fucking asshole about it and pretentious. Yeah, yeah. What's like the non male gendered term for film bro? Film junkie. Film. Film junkie. I I like that one. Film nerd. Uma maybe? Thurman. Film nerd. Uma Thurman. Yeah. Uma Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So that was a very own brand pick for Kyle. Uh, I feel like the second one is going to be also a very own brand pick. Am I correct, Kyle? I don't know. I, I actually, I don't think I've ever talked about this movie on the podcast, so I'm excited. Oh, um, okay. Then I'm, yeah, I'm so, backspacing real quick. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, uh, Whiplash is probably going to be the most, like, you know, mainstream movie on my, my board. The rest of these three are movies I know that plenty of people have seen. I just don't really see a whole lot of, whole lot of people talking about them. Um, the first one being uh, 2015's Room. Um, I adore this movie. Uh, I wanted to make sure my board wasn't for just miserable, <laughs> depressing movies like Whiplash is. Uh, and Room gets pretty sad sometimes, but it's also one of the most hopeful, optimistic movies I've ever seen. Um, so if you are not familiar, haven't seen it, it came out in 2015. It's based on a book. It stars uh, Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay. Basically the story of um, this woman who was uh, kidnapped, kidnapped when she was about like, I think 13 and uh, had a son while in captivity. And this son has only ever known this room that they're kept in. Like that is his entire world. He doesn't have any concept of the outside world. Uh, that's all the setup of the movie. Like when you watch the trailers, you think that's going to be the whole movie, but the movie really kind of gets going once they escape, um, they get away from her captor. And then the rest of the movie is just him experiencing the world and and adjusting to real life and getting to meet her family and just kind of struggling to understand the fact that there is an outside world. Um, and it's beautiful. It is one of those movies that you watch it and it just reminds you all, all the good things of being alive, right? Like experiencing just existence. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to watch this movie and be cynical. Um, Brie Larson is just talk about perfect performances. She won the Oscar, rightfully so. Um, she's just everything she does in this movie is heartbreaking, but but it just draws you in and you just really root for her because it's it could easily just be Jack's story. Right. It's it, I mean, the book is told from his perspective and um and he's great also jacob Tremblay. this was his, one of his first roles and he it's one of the best child performances right it's it's very good but the fact that 
she also you really get her struggle in readjusting to real life and letting herself kind of let her guard down and like live again and also she has this maternal instinct to like protect him from the real world and it's just this really really beautiful uh struggle and an experience that they both kind of have together um and yeah it's just it, it's just one of those movies same thing as whiplash like i saw it this one i did see in the theater and immediately I was like, oh, man, I, I just want to talk to everyone I know about this movie. I just want everyone to be able to see this and experience it. There's movies that you can watch and like. I personally have a hard time watching a movie and fully like getting emotional watching it. Like I'll always be like, all right, this is fine. Let's just get past this scene. Room is one where you watch and it's just cathartic to watch it because you feel all the emotions the characters are feeling. And you're supposed to like it just really sucks you in and draws you in. And, and it's it's a very cathartic experience to watch. Um, I'm a big fan of the band. This will destroy you. I think that's what they're called. Um, they did a lot of stuff for Friday Night Lights. Just very, very good band. And they have their song. The Mighty Rio Grande happens when they escape, when Jack escapes from the captor. Um, and it's just it's up there as one of the most emotional movie scenes I've ever seen because it's just so intense because you're waiting for him to get pulled back by the captor. And if you've heard the song, you know how like it just explodes at the end. And it's just one of those rare, perfect movie scenes that I wouldn't change a single thing about just the, the camera work. The direction is just it's all flawless. Um, so it's a movie that I, I again, I wish more people talked about. I think that. Uh, you have to see it at least once <laughs> because it's just one that you will just be drawn in and experience all the emotions that these characters are feeling kind of like whiplash, like what Dom said, no one is one dimensional in this movie. You know, everyone in this movie is, is humanized. There's uh, William H. Macy plays her dad and there's some really tough scenes with him accepting this new reality. So you want, you want to hate him, but you also understand where he's coming from because of this horrific situation. It's just, Everyone in this movie, just the casting's perfect, and not a single character is is one dimensional. So I highly, highly recommend Room. Oh, Damon, you're muted. <laughs> He's gonna shake his head bad. and be like, "Too bad." Um, it's so it's I'm so good. I'm so I'm really happy that you that you picked this one. Um, I love the book, and I was very nervous when the movie came out. Is one of those things where like you know, are they gonna do a good? a good job kind of thing. Because like inherently one of the things about the book, right, it's told totally from his perspective. So when he says certain ways he describes like his surroundings and stuff, it's like very disorienting at first. And so you like, you slowly start to realize like what the situation is that they are in. And there's no way to do that in a movie. It was going to be obvious like right. right from the get go. So I was like, what is that going to look like? Um, and it's incredible. Brie Larson is phenomenal. The movie is so good. And I like that he's like, they're all very human. Like there's some stuff that like she does that you're like, oh, like that's a little weird or then, but it's all kind of like understandable given the context of the whole thing. And I do, I love that scene where, where he runs out. Like I can like, it's one of those scenes I can, I've only seen the movie maybe once or twice, but I can like picture that scene of him in the truck, like very clearly in my brain when he like rolls out and it just, it's so good. It's incredible. I also think it's one of those like must watch content for humans with hearts. Oh, I have a heart, so I must watch <laughs> the movie. Um, I have not, though, not yet. Kyle, uh, did you draft this before? Was this in your personal film festival? Or uh, am I? No. Yeah. One of okay. my other movies I'm picking, Whiplash, and another one I'm picking that in the future. They, they were both in that draft, but this one wasn't. 
Gotcha. I've heard you talk about it before, though. Like, it's I've seen okay. it like many times on a list of your, you know, favorite movies and stuff like that. And I, I, I want to watch it. I really enjoy Brie Larson. Uh, she's fantastic, very talented. And Jacob Tremblay, like, I've seen him in multiple movies. He's just churning them out. Like, I think he's like getting about 11 or 12 now. You know, he's mm-hmm. getting to where, you know, really very intrigued to see what he can do. So I want to go back. And this was his, his first movie or. Uh, if if not first, it was like among the first. I mean, he was really young when he made it. Yeah, so, it was yeah, probably it was like his, his. It was his big yeah. big break. Yeah. yeah, if not his first, his first one that people actually like became very aware of. Gotcha. Right. Hopefully, he can have a successful career going forward, and you know, succ- not succumb to the you know the child Hollywood star stuff. But yeah, I'll have to watch it. So, Dom, have you seen it? Do you do you? Do you I have. It? Yeah. So this is one of the movies that i'm not gonna have a ton to say about just because i saw it i think i've still only seen it the once i saw it in theaters um and i think maybe part of it is because it it didn't it's it can be a really heavy movie and i don't say that negatively like there are a lot of movies that i really love and love going back to that are heavy but for whatever reason this one i just haven't felt the draw to return to it um Mm -hmm that doesn't matter like that doesn't mean that it's not a good movie uh i think it's it was an incredible movie um i think all the performances are amazing i think when you have a movie centered around a kid um that's really dangerous because kid actors are famously like either pretty they're pretty much hit or miss like it's going to be incredible or awful and yeah this luckily fell in the category of incredible so mm-hmm. i think it's a great pick um i remember loving it and it's a movie that i should probably go back to sometime soon and and refresh my memory of nice all right well kyle that that's two pretty pretty good picks any last thoughts about room before we move on uh again just just check it out i just can't i can't (laughs) recommend it highly enough it's one of those i could say i could you know wax poetic about it for days but it doesn't matter because it's one you do you just have to experience it to really understand why why it's loved so much and and it's one of those things where yeah it's it's gonna either really resonate or it's not but it's one again where i think anyone can get something out of it no matter who you are and what kind of movies you like so yeah all right so that means it's my turn again for my second pick. And, well, there's so many good ones. I'm just going to start leaning towards more like just my personal preference movies. That I just love watching. Um, this is one movie that has definitely grown on me every single time I watch it, much like Spider-Verse. It just I love it more and more um, like this past recent time I watched it. I just. I don't know. It just it really hits you in very specific ways, um, and so I'm talking about one of it is my favorite Pixar movie. It's one of my favorite Pixar Disney movies. If you're gonna throw it all together, uh, 2015's Inside Out. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great pick. <clears throat> movie full of feels, all the emotions. You know, you're, literally, you're, like literally <laughs> the embodiment of emotions of this little girl Riley. You know, she's moved, traveling, you know, moving with her family from Minnesota to San Francisco. She just wants to play play ice hockey. You know, that's all she really wants Love to it. do. And it's just, you know, not a lot of ice hockey in San Francisco, so that sucks. <laughs> There's not a lot so, of ice hockey in movies overall, so it's a quick <laughs> way to my heart. 
right? It, it's they need more representation. They exactly. they really do. Um, so we see the these emotions as she's living it and how they react and interact with each other. We have an amazing voice cast of Amy Poehler, Phyllis Smith, Bill Hader, uh, Mindy Kaling, Louis Black. You know, it's just so well done. The story, you know, the fact that they don't like sadness. You know, they don't like sad because she makes everything sad, and and they just don't want to deal with that. And how, you know, the whole wraparound is the fact that you need sadness just as much as you need joy. It's just an amazing movie that I wish I had been able to watch as a kid honestly yeah you know like uh, just this yeah. really intriguing and very vivid but fun way of of you know relating to these emotions and how important they are and how healthy they can be even the bad ones and i, I just love it and you know bing bong forever bing bong always team bing, bing bong, bong. Who's your friend who likes to play? You know, Bing Bong, Bing Bong, Bing Bong. His rocket does make me yell hooray. So. <laughs> Bing Bong. Bing. Uh, <laughs> That's a, it's an amazing pick. I like every generation, every past generation would have been better for having this movie in their lives. Like this does such a yeah. great job of, and I'm sure Kristen will hit on this after me in a much better way because she is a professional at this. But like this does, this did such an amazing job of like just talking about feelings right in like a way that is consumable and and understandable and sweet and like still makes for a compelling movie and like is a way that i feel like is really sort of easy to digest for kids as well you know like it's just it's it was really refreshing to see a movie especially like a disney pixar movie um deal with these things like sadness and and not just demonize them and in fact like talk about how that is part of you know the issue like we don't want to do that um right. i this is another one of the movies i could go on and on i will leave it at that though i fucking love this movie it's 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 one of my favorite pixar uh movies ever it's great yeah i there was no doubt as soon as i saw the trailer like i as soon as i caught wind of like concept art of it i was just like yeah there's no way i'm not gonna like not see it i was very excited about it from the get-go um, you know, like Dominic said, it's it's my job. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I work mostly with kids and teenagers. So like anything with like child psychology was like right up my alley. Um, and it reminded me a lot of, I don't know if either of you guys have been to Epcot, but there used to be a ride in Epcot called Cranium Command where yes. it was kind of the same idea, right? Where like the, it's inside like a kid's head and someone like manages his eyes and someone manages like his brain. And so I was like, oh shit, it's like Cranium Command, but for your feelings, <laughs> like, fuck yeah, let's go. I was very, I was on board. Um, and so it, and it really like genuinely from a, like even from like a scientific like perspective, like it hits a lot of notes that are incredibly valid in the field and in the kind of work that I do. And I was glad to see that those things were done and like handled so well, it was really good to see. Um, yeah, and I just think, I think it's incredible. I love anthrop anthropomorphize anything. I like how they turn like the, the little memories into balls or whatever. I was like, hell yeah, let's make more little symbols and stuff. I was like ready for it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was incredible. And so, so heartbreaking and so good in like all the best ways, like I loved it. I think it was a, a home run. I do remember too, when it came out, like a, just seeing like everyone, like Pixar's whole shtick is like, what if toys had feelings? What if bugs had feelings? What if, and then it was like, oh shit, what, what if feelings, feelings had feelings? 
It's the inception of Pixar. It's the inception of Pixar movies. universe. Then yeah. Kyle, do you like uh, Inside Out? Are you a fan? Yes, I, I love this movie. I it's probably up there, like maybe top five Pixar for me. Um, I, I watching this movie like gave me the same feeling that I would have watching like clips of Mr. Rogers or even just watching interviews of him. Like it's just it it teaches empathy and like it teaches how to access your emotions in a very again very like accessible way to children but also it, it doesn't dumb things down for them and this is really where pixar shines the most i think um i've been very vocal in the last couple of years that they feel like they have become a little too self-aware like where every movie now has to be like very pixar and very deep and and emotional yeah. and soul um <laughs> just gonna throw that out there i really didn't like soul uh but <laughs> i think luca luca was a great return <laughs> Sidebar: Luca was, Luca was the best Pixar him. movie to come out in the last like like couple of, like of years. Like Thank Luca was great, hundred percent. Out of like the, yes. the last like no, yeah, out of like the last like three or four Pixar movies to come out, Luca Luca is like hands down far and away the best. And it made yes. me spend like the next three days researching how I could get a Vespa and yes. what, what all I would need to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but I, I think this movie is like the peak of what Pixar does best, right? Like they they take these really weighty, very kind of like intimidating themes and they they present them in such accessible ways that you can watch it. Like like all of you have said, I wish I had seen I wish this had come out when I was a child because it like it would have helped so much. And it, I'm sure it has helped so many children like understand the way they feel and and that's alone makes it such an important movie but the fact that you can watch it as an adult and have also so much more to gain from it and and access from it is is beautiful and and it also just visually is really cool like i love the abstract thought scene that's just such a creative scene that they did and i was like the first time seeing it i was like this is how do they how do they come up with stuff like this this is just genius um yeah and like like y'all said like bing bong forever man like i there, there there's bing bong been forever few pixar deaths that have gutted me more than bing bong it just it's heartbreaking every time i'm I'm always ne not prepared for it and i know it's gonna yeah. happen but i'm just like richard kind man it just i think there are me. few deaths in cinema at all that yeah. gut me the way that that one does yeah oh, it because hurts. it's one thing when like a thing dies and like, well, at least we always have the memory of this person or they can live on. And it's like, nah, man, what if we took that away from you guys, too? <laughs> Fuck you guys. Like, but it's amazing, oh too, because even now when when I rewatch it, like, you know, it's coming and it still just fucking destroys. Yeah. Me. It's definitely one of those few moments. I don't know if you guys have this, too, but like there's some like TV show movies that I've seen a million times. And I know the thing is going to happen. But part of my brain is like, maybe this time, though. It's this time I'll keep, I'll hold it together. Maybe yeah, it'll maybe be this time it's not gonna happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I can't really add anything else. Y'all said pretty much anything else I would want to say about this movie. It's fantastic. I'm I I'm just going to love it and watch it probably every few months and cry and love it. So yeah. I had to get that pick, and I'm glad I did. And that means we're swinging to Kristen's next pick. The me. Um, so now we're all like in a Disney Pixar mood, and I kind of want to go with one of my like funner ones. I think I'm gonna wait. Um, but yeah, like to echo what Kyle just said. Like at this point too, it's like mostly just like I do not care about the poll. Like I yeah. care about like 
these core movies that I love that are so important to me and yeah. putting together a good balance of like, if I were going to watch four movies from this decade in like a little kind of like film, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, like this is how I would do it. Um, so the next one I'm going to put on my list is 2014's Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. I knew that I had to pick at least one Wes Anderson movie from the decade. I could have picked several. Um, and I'm going to go with this one. It's definitely in my top favorites of all of his movies. Um, and why I kind of like lean toward the, picking this one over the other ones is just, I think it feels bigger and like the scale of things and like what he's able to do is very impressive in this more so than like maybe other ones. Like it starts out in the future and goes back into the past. And then is again about a past even farther removed from that. And none of it feels like too confusing or too weird. It feels very real. And it feels like it's a lot of like really excellent world building. Um, I just, and I love the whole like vibe of it of like an old hotel. I think it's something, there's something about that. That's very like, it's a good like archetype kind of thing. And I think sometimes it's done really cliche or like not right and I think that this just it did it really really well in a way it didn't feel like overdone and it's beautiful just like you know everything he does um and I I love I'm not going to spoil too much people haven't seen it but I do love movies where an important character dies at the end does not make it which is one of the reasons why I like Rogue One as a Star Wars movie and why I don't like some of the new Pixar movies too many people get to live and there seems to be no no consequences for anything and no kind of like risk or whatever. So I, I was like, oh man, like I was watching it the first time and I was like, if everybody lives, I'm going to be kind of like bummed out. Like if that's how this <laughs> down. Um, but no, like I, it, it fucks you up exactly the way that you want it to at the end. I love so. when that happens when you're watching a movie that you're like in the middle of it. You're like, I love this movie so much. But if this movie doesn't fuck me up emotionally and kill one of yeah. these characters, right. I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> Looking at you, <laughs> Soul and Raya, and every yeah. Star Wars thing where someone just disappears at the end to go on an adventure and they don't actually die, <laughs> even though we never hear or see from them ever again. I still exactly. kind of wish they had killed Chewie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, that moment was so upsetting, but it was also like, wow, they're really going for it. Yeah. Like, and they're like, no, shit, there's another really ship that you just, you just didn't see. No, you weren't yeah. looking the right way, everyone. should have died. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's hard I'm glad that we're all in agreement. Yeah. It's, it's uh, heartbreaking. Like, if he died, I would be so upset, but it would have been. But it also gives the whole content. movie just more emotional depth and meaning. And yeah. yeah. Does that and the explanation say doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> It, it really doesn't. Like, uh, here's this mystery ship that you didn't see, even though we were show, showing you the entire no, you skyline. Looking, you were looking the wrong way. You missed it. <laughs> like, oh. okay, space. No thanks. Oh, okay, God. let's not talk about yeah. the movie that one. This is a great pick. So I have really uh, famously, well, famously with my friends and family, I'm not a famous person, but I famously do not uh, like uh, Wes Anderson, usually. Uh, I... For whatever reason, I just find his movies to be super, super tedious and annoying, and I generally hate them. I fucking love this movie. I don't know who, like, handcuffed me and forced me into the theater to see this, but I do remember that I saw this (laughs) in the theater. Um, Congratulations to whoever was able to get me into that theater. Um, And I went into it with the lowest possible expectations because I fucking usually hate him. I love this movie so much. It's just, like, heartwarming and and inviting and funny and just everything that you want out of out of a movie experience um i 
yeah this this is a this is a great movie and i think it's 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 uh him i think it's wes anderson at his best like doing all the things that he does sort of perfectly and it all comes together Mm -hmm. yeah in case you haven't noticed the theme of dom's taste is just what is Kristen usually like I usually hate that thing. This one thing. But this one thing. She's right about. Just this she one right, Yeah. I'll Just give this her one. this one. Yeah. <laughs> I well, I mean, the feud the feud is going to have to end, Dom, because you've just been, the whole pod have been saying things that I agree with. I felt the same way. I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but I, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I like Fantastic Mr. Fox a lot. But again, I yeah, I saw this movie and I I was just like, Wow, this is I wish all of all of his movies were as focused as this and as I don't know, like accessible as this and the whole cast. One thing I will say, even this his movies that I don't like, I think he knows how to cast a movie like his, especially because he uses the same people uh, in every movie. And they're all always really good. But the cast in this especially is just everyone has a part to play. Nothing is wasted. Um movie introduced me to tony riviolori which is who's he's an absolute delight i love him uh yeah so it's a it's a great movie uh very very good pick did not expect it but i I love it i've never seen it and i'm trying to remedy that i just started watching the wes anderson movies i think this year last year i think it was last year um and then i ran into a roadblock of of I wanted to watch them in order for some reason, but then for some reason I didn't watch Rushmore because you know I don't know I couldn't find it. But I'm just trying to watch all the movies. So I think I've watched, uh, let's see, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. What is it? Life Aquatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't like this that is, one? This is a quiz now. We're gonna make you just like list all the ones that you can remember, and, and then I can make <laughs> childish fart noises after all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I like his style. It's unique. I wouldn't say they're my favorite movies, but I definitely like the style. And he's he goes for it. You know, he definitely just does what he he wants to do, and it you know it works to some effect. Sometimes I've heard that this one is most people's favorite out of his movies. Yeah, so it's I'm definitely one of those things where if, if someone says like, "Oh, I've never seen any of his movies," like. I don't know, whatever. Like, this is a good one to pick, it's a, like, to, yeah, to watch it's a great it. introduction. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to have to watch it. I still want to watch, uh, what was it, Isle of Dogs? Was that his last one? Mm-hmm. Big fan yeah. of Isle of Dogs. There's a new one coming out this year, too, that I'm very excited about. I've heard a lot of a lot of excitement about the newer one coming out. What What is it called? Uh, French, French Dispatch. Dispatch. That's right, with Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. And and everyone else <laughs> i'm surprised they're doing so it i just like i want damon to say everything like exactly how it's spelled regardless of how it's supposed to be said uh timothy chalamet yeah chalamet. i'm surprised they're doing a second one given the pushback like that happened after the first well one. it's not a first second one. isle of dogs it's a whole oh, okay. new movie it's, yeah the Doesn't french matter. dispatch is a <laughs> oh well you guys said they're doing another one that sounds he's doing another movie oh he's yeah he's gonna movie. fucking be making that's movies for the next does. million years yeah and i'm gonna hate all of them that's just the facts <laughs> and of you're gonna be wrong and that's fine that's so, yeah i accept like, that man i i don't think it's a weird it's a weird choice to make a, a second french connection but let's see what happens <laughs> i mean <laughs> i guess all right. like, why not <laughs> Well, I'm glad a Wes Anderson movie got picked. I think that's the first and only one of any decade, if I'm not mistaken. Good. All right. So that 
Donner goes Shut for up, that. Dom. <laughs> and uh, before we get to Dom's next pick, uh, we're going to go to a quick break. Good. <laughs> Welcome back from break. We are talking about 2010s movies. Uh, we just got um, Kristen's pick with the Grand Budapest Hotel. We're back to the top with Dom. What you got for us, man? That is me. Um, and yeah, to follow along with the theme, I think we are seeing. I think if we wanted to pick, if it would be very easy to pick a list like geared towards the polls that we do for these, right? Like there's so many fucking big hitters. Um, but like we were talking about earlier there with this decade for a lot of us being when we first started to appreciate film, they're like these movies that are just really special to me. So I'm going to continue in that vein as well. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to take you back to September 16th, 2011. Young Dominic is a freshman at, uh, university of Oregon. And after seeing this movie, for the first time coming to grips with uh, with my feelings towards men and uh, feeling uh, realizing that I might not just be uh, a heterosexual boy. And that is uh, 2011's Drive. This was my bisexual awakening. Just for those of you not on the computer right now, Kyle just, he's gone. I don't think we're going to see him again. <laughs> he's, he went on uh, a drive. Yeah, he. Oh, good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this was like truly my bisexual awakening. This was like I left the theater and I was still like a young, dumb college boy, and so I didn't really know how to deal with the feelings yet. But I was for the first time dealing with the feelings and and real realizations, not in like a bad way, just in a like emotionally i wasn't able to process it before uh brian gosling is just so fucking sexy the entire time but um brian gosling says a total of 891 words the entire movie and it's perfect uh and just like for reference i looked up the dark knight there were a total of 3500 536 words spoken during that movie so, like, it's an abnormally small amount of words for the lead character. And, like, you, it doesn't matter. At no point do you feel like you wish he had spoken more or, like, you don't understand this character, really. Um, Ryan Gosling and Carey Mulligan are incredible together. Um, not to mention, like, the supporting cast. You've got Oscar Isaac, Brian Cranston, Ron Perlman, and Albert Brooks are just fucking killing it. Um it's it's another one that falls into that category we were talking about earlier that's that's not um like a slice of life movie but it is just like an isolated story and i think that those are great uh the use of light is something that even at the time uh stuck out to me is like they do it in this just super cool like old like film noir kind of way that just sort of accentuates the like mysterious nature of this like ridiculously sexy driver character that that we get to know the soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks of any movie I think I've ever seen. Um, and I think one of the things that has stuck with me or like one of the things that I've gotten from from subsequent views and going back to it later is how much like the love we see between Driver and Carrie Mulligan's characters is just so fucking refreshing and amazing and like and in a lot of ways feels ahead of its time. Like. Like, we get to see this really strong and masculine, like, manly man who works on cars and does stunts. 
have this like care and love for this married woman and her kid in a way that like at no point ever feels creepy or physical like at no point does he get like does he give off any sort of incel snape vibes um it's just that he genuinely cares about this woman who's his neighbor and 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 her kid and like could there be slight undertones of like implied romance at some point in the distant future like when you think about these characters like sure maybe but like at no point is that ever the point of this of of this relationship in the movie um and it's just really fucking great uh i love this movie so much it's probably one of my top five favorite movies of all time uh and i'm really happy that it that it made it back to me kyle um i have not seen it um it's on dominic's list of movies that i have to watch kind of thing so i'm sure sometime soon i will um but i i will just say i'm a big fan of that Bob's Burgers episode at Halloween that came out like in between when we'd all seen the trailer for Drive for like a year maybe and the movie hadn't come out yet and she was like I'm Drive from the major motion picture trailer for Drive and I was like and that's just always what I think of anytime Dominic talks about the movie yes I love it Kyle do you like Drive Kyle hates Drive I thought uh, yeah the, yeah the, the feud's back on um, fuck you Dom uh <laughs> I yeah I I just simply adore this movie. This is another one where yet again like Dom and I are going to be very similar in this draft that like I could easily just go on and on about this movie and do with my friends like there I have friends who would just be like I can see that look in your eye stop talking about Drive like it's just <laughs> I can see I you want to talk about Drive. Are we the same person? I think that same sentence has been said to me <laughs> multiple times. Like Why you guys some people are... some people have lord of the rings where like you know aragorn kicks the helmet and they're like oh i have to talk about his ankle i have to talk yeah. about his toe and that's me with drive like you know like brian cranston uh talked to nicholas winding Refn about how little dialogue ryan gosling had and so he improvised most of his lines because he was like well my character should make up for that and just be talking in every scene and he's great he improvised like i don't know 75 percent of his dialogue um Carrie Mulligan, this is probably the first thing I saw her in. And, of course, now she's just a fucking superstar. Like, she's just phenomenal in everything she does. Uh, a Great Injustice was dealt when she did not win the Oscar for Promising Young Woman. Hell yeah. She's such a yes, great actress. thank you. Sidebar, so how uh, ironic is it that Promising Young Woman did not get any attention paid by yeah. society <laughs> yeah. at large? Gotta love I'm, that. I'm laughing uh, the pain away. I, it's not funny. Wait, it's what, was crime. that the Oscars? Was that the yeah. Oscars? That's a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we know, Damon. We know. Trust me, we know. <laughs> Look, Dom and Chris and I had to experience that together uh, live, okay? And it was it was rough. Uh, the fact that I'm not even talking about the Chadwick thing that happened, I'm talking about that, oh, it was God. terrible. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, anyway, uh, she's great. She's, she's phenomenal in this movie. I mean... She talks more than Driver, but not by much. And even even her, like, she just carries so much with her face. And, like, Dom, you're so on point about their connection. Like, you just feel it from the moment they meet. I love the connection between him and the kid. Um, yeah, Oscar Isaac is great. You're kind of supposed to hate his character, but even he is, because he's Oscar Isaac, he's so charismatic and so good. Mm -hmm. Albert Brooks is great. It's one of those movies that there's so much attention and care paid to every line, you know, because there's not a lot said by the main character. Everyone else, when they say something, there's weight to what they say. 
Um, I love the moment where uh, Ryan Gosling meets Albert Brooks for the first time, and he goes to shake his hand. And he's like, "Oh, I got, I've got red, or I've got blood on my hand, or something like that." Like, "Well, I do too, so don't worry." And that's just basically the theme of the movie. Like, it's just this this non sequitur con- conversation that happens, and it ends up being the theme of the movie. So good. Another movie where the runtime does not matter because you're so in from the beginning to the end. You're just sucked into this world. I remember it was really badly marketed coming out because everyone was expecting like a Fast and the Furious type, you know, like action kind of car chase movie. That's definitely not what it is. But when it does have those rare moments of action, they just explode and they're directed so well. Uh, Winding Ruffin is one of the most unique filmmakers out, and he he definitely like this is his magnum opus. He just he knows how to direct very mm-hmm. tense and like cerebral and and moving action scenes, right? Um, yeah, and this is Ryan Gosling has such a great career, so you can really pick any of his movies as your favorite, and you're correct. But wow. this is definitely my favorite of his. I mean, he's just this would be the most every, correct pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's every choice he makes is just so pitch perfect. You can tell he really cared about the movie. He has a great relationship with Nicholas Winding Refn, and that obviously bled through. Um, I think he like bought and restored an old, uh, I don't know what kind he of did car, an old but Chevy. some kind of old basketball car. Yeah, and and just kind of immersed himself into the role like that. I love seeing stories like that on on a film. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's a masterpiece, and I'm very very sad because it was definitely in my top four. So fuck Man, you, Tom. He's just so goddamn sexy the entire oh, time. Oh, absolutely. I the entire time. What you're saying. Uh, my, I had a different movie from my bisexual awakening, but this is a very natural choice because he this is, he's yeah. just perfect. He's it's, oh god, I could. He's emotionally <laughs> aware, but he also can fix cars and protect me. And but I, it's so much. That's about... gonna be the next draft we do. Is just like what inspired oh, your bisexual awakening? Yeah, so I much. I love that and idea. For, for one of like the sexiest actors, th- this is like the height of his sexiness to me, and I just love it's, him so much. It's this and Crazy Stupid Love to, uh, yeah. back to back because Crazy yeah. Stupid Love came out the year before. Exactly. And, he's just, and oh, such opposite great. energies too, which is hilarious. Yes. Like in, in, yeah, in yeah. Yeah, but I love what you sure. said about it. Like the marketing was terrible, and it was marketed as sort of like this. Oh yeah, uh, that's a hundred percent why I didn't see it. Probably when it came out, it was just like I n- notoriously hate the Fast and the Furious franchise, <laughs> and I was like, oh, is this just like a knockoff Fast and the Furious? Yeah. No. <laughs> but one and and just taking another chance because I do this whenever I can to reference Alien. I think it has a lot in common with Alien, and like that's the one of the reasons I love it is it masters that sort of that tense like suspense the entire movie without no you can hate aliens without overstimulating you like aliens decides to do uh and it is just perfect at that and so it's yeah you just say you hate aliens okay aliens in a vacuum if alien didn't exist in its own world is a is is a very good space like monster movie it's a good space but um as a sequel the same person as (laughs) as a sequel to alien that did this amazing thing and like just is the most incredible sci-fi suspense movie ever and did so much and was so perfect. It just shit on everything. It was like everything that made that movie great. We're going to go ahead and just do the opposite. Let's fucking blow up everything. What flamethrowers and shit. Uh, this is going to be the most eighties, like stereotypical. But action it doesn't ruin ever. the first one. Uh, uh, the charm. Cause they're two different. They are two different movies like that. Yeah. I just, yeah. Anyway, 
<laughs> that through line, it makes sense. Uh, like, I hadn't even realized that. Like, But it very much makes sense why I love this movie and Alien. They have very similar vibes in that how they manage, like, the suspense and, like, the thrill of it while being sort of low-key the entire time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought it was fine. dom what's your what's your next movie (laughs) yeah so um i'm pretty sure this one i could wait till the end um but i would be devastated if i lost this one um this is the one that's probably closest to my heart maybe even more uh, so than drive um this is going to be i don't know what year this came out It's, it's also 2011 wow what a year for me in movies um, but this is <laughs> the wonderful movie Like Crazy. Um, this is one that is like, it's one of those movies that is just like really deeply personal to me and like um, has sort of like in its own way, like gotten me through like really, it's one of those movies where when I, when I've gone through like stretches of like, you know, worse depression or sadness than others and i sort of have to just lean into the sadness a little bit is what i call it this is a movie that i can just dive into um but one of the things that i love about it is that when i emerge from those periods of sadness um this is also a movie i can just watch on a nice like summer evening or like whatever like this is also a movie that makes me happy um it's it has an amazing cast it's got felicity jones anton yelchin jennifer lawrence um alex kingston who for all the doctor who fans out there will love her as river song and oliver moorhead i don't know uh so some of the fun facts i love about it it was only it was made for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is just nothing in hollywood standards it was done in four weeks um famously this movie did not have a script or a screenplay it had a like pretty detailed outline of what of what needed to happen in each scene and like, and what was going to happen later. And so these actors, like basically what the director wanted to do is have these actors really like immerse themselves in these roles. Um, so what they did is they just made an outline and the entire dialogue is improvised and all of the scenes, like all everything between Felicity and Anton is, is improvised. Um, when it w- when they were cast, they had a week before shooting and they rehearsed for like, they spent like 10 to 12 hours a day just rehearsing and like getting into these roles um, for an entire week. They also shot 84 hours of footage, which is wild, and cut that down into an 86 minute movie. Um, that honestly feels like the perfect like runtime for this movie. Um, it was really great. One of the other fun facts I saw was like, they during during the movie the director like so it was shot on like this canon 7d dslr that you could get for like two thousand dollars anywhere basically um but like i was reading with the exception of the director the entire or no of the cameraman the entire crew so even the director was positioned outside the set basically to allow for intimacy and like uh, for the between these actors and make it feel more immersive and like they would do 30 minute takes basically with almost no direction and then they would sort of cut and they would talk about stuff and 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 do another take um but it's just a really personal movie it's a really like intimate movie it 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 feels like you're watching real people um and a real story and it's and it's 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 really beautiful and devastating and funny and all the things that you want from a from a 
a movie like this. So uh, it's not one that will win me the poll, I'm sure, but it is one that is uh, is very close to my heart. So I had I had to take it. Kyle, have you seen this movie? I have. Yeah, I watched it for the first time, I think, like maybe a year, maybe two years ago. Um, really liked it didn't really think a whole lot about it and then watched it again after like pretty soon after the end of a long distance relationship and it obviously fucking you know gutted me um and it yeah it is it's one of those things where i would say for anyone to give it two tries because it's it's one thing to watch it and have empathy for the characters but to actually experience some of the things that they experience it is it's done in a really really intimate and personal way i didn't know that about the the script but that makes perfect sense because it's just so realistic and authentic and the dialogue is is just so natural um i i love 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 the chemistry between felicity and anton just miss anton every day like he was such a talent and so this it's hard to watch this now but um yeah they, they were just so great together i love the representation that felicity is getting on your board uh she <laughs> is a, <laughs> a great actress um, yeah and she's this is probably her best performance i mean they're both just pitch pitch perfect and jennifer lawrence is great this is you know like a pre hunger games silver linings playbook jennifer lawrence so like very fresh and and she's just also really 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 good um yeah, just a very intimate, personal movie. So I, I, I suspected you were going to pick this. I've I heard you talk about this before, and yeah. I, I love it. It's it's a great movie. Kristen, uh, do you like like crazy? Not like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so good one. Um, and it's hard because it's one of Dominic's like all time favorites. Um, it's it's one of those things that I can definitely enjoy it for like what it is. It's kind of like you know, in the way that like it was made, like he was saying, a lot of it is pretty groundbreaking stuff. And you can feel all that through it. Like it feels like a very special movie. Um, it's a little too kind of like directionless for me with like the diet, like you can definitely tell like, like that doesn't surprise me to hear that it wasn't, a script wasn't written for it kind of thing. It flows pretty naturally like that. Um, so if you're not really keyed in and kind of like paying attention, like the whole way through, I feel like you, you get a little like a little lost in it. And it's, it is really heavy. So it's like if you're not ready to really pay attention to something that's just like a bunch of people having a lot of emotions, then totally. it can kind of just feel like a little too, too much. Um, but it's it's that being said, it's like an incredible like film and very like well done. And I can see why um, so many people love it the way that they do. Gotcha. Uh, we have a lot of very heavy movies emotionally <laughs> we're just a group of emotional boys and girls in this in this podcast <laughs> yeah um i have not seen this movie i don't know if i've ever even heard of it and i'm sad because i love anton and i'm going to go watch this as soon as i can because i will watch anything that he is in you should watch this and then you should just watch honestly what it made me want to do is just watch Charlie Bartlett like immediately afterwards just because I wanted to watch him having just a nice time just for a little while. Like I wanted him just to win a little Charlie bit. Bartlett. I, I was such a big like I would tell anyone who I could like, hey, yeah. watch Charlie Bartlett. Charlie like, Bartlett? Like you need to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie's great. It's fantastic. Kristen made a great point, though. This is definitely a movie where like you should it's one of those where you should go into it and like try to put your phone down you know what i mean and like really let yourself be like and and i yeah, would recommend being what sad when you into. watch it but <laughs> you can't yeah, always the only be what sad you're getting into is definitely a big one right it's like okay i'm gonna sit down and pay attention it's like oh this is so much though and I, i'm not in the right state of mind to pay this much attention to yeah. so many like things sure 
but it, but that's sort of nice because it's only 86 minutes, right? Like, and I'm not arguing. Like, I totally agree with everything you said. I I see the the reasons why like it it doesn't resonate with some people the way it does with others. But one thing I love is that it it is really heavy and it asks a lot, but it only asks it for for an hour and 26 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is pretty There's reasonable, and I yeah, and I love how like based on how it was shot, it really feels like you're watching like old home videos sometimes that like For this sure. couple just took of their summer together or their time together. It's, it's really great, but yeah. yeah, sorry. I interrupted you, Damon. Go on. Oh no, you're fine. I was just going to move us along for the next there. pick, uh, <laughs> but I am excited to watch that. So I'll let y'all know when I do. Yeah. But we're moving along to Kristen's next pick Jenny and what Bell. you got for us. Hmm. I feel that I'm torn between that, and it's, it's one of those things. Like when we do the honorable mentions, it's going to be like a a whole shift. It's going to be the longest part of the podcast. Probably it's be two so hours. I'm going to go with all right for my third pick. I'm going to do something maybe a little more lighthearted, a little more <laughs> enjoyable to watch. Uh, maybe a little. I'm going to go with 2019's Knives Out. It's going to be my. Mm. Um, it was one of those movies that the, my inner hipster soul was like, everybody saw it and was raving about when it came out. So I refused to see it. And then like, <laughs> I watched it like a while after that kind of thing. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I've been missing out on such a, for a long time. I could have been enjoying this kind of thing. Um, it's one of, it's one of the first movies, like new movies that I really sat down to watch like after a very like dark time in my life. And it was like one of the first things I was like, and I really like enjoyed it when I was like really able to like immerse it. It has like, a lot of like special memories for me. Um, but just one of these movies that like, it's like a movie that exemplifies like why kind of like movies are great. It was like one of the first things that had come out in a while that was like totally original, not based on anything else. Like you could swear it was based on like a novel or like a comic book or like whatever, but it's not, it's just totally its own thing, which is even more impressive. It's got an incredible cast, um, definitely an ensemble kind of situation. It feels a lot like Clue, which is a movie that I love a lot. Um, and yeah, like it just—it just—it's a lot of fun. I and I thought I—I I thought I knew where it was going, and I didn't. And so I love a movie that's actually able to like fake me out like that, um, like a mystery that's actually able to kind of like be a mystery. Um, and yeah, it just—it's so good. It is. It is. Uh... Dom, do you like Knives Out? I do. Also, I just want to say that it, it you can't say that it's your inner um, hipster personality if, like, that is just your personality. It's okay that you are a Brooklyn I am hipster. The core of yeah, my you soul. are <laughs> the quintessential Brooklyn hipster. It's okay. <laughs> Let's just come to terms with that. <laughs> uh, no, this is a. I, I loved it. I saw this. Um, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but uh, usually I do this thing where. I don't really give a shit about the Oscars, but like I, I like I do enjoy watching it. Um, and so every year, if I haven't seen the the best picture nominations in theaters, I'll like I'll get them and I'll I'll do like a little marathon at home. Um, and this was one of those that I did, and I fucking loved it. It's great. It's uh, it's 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 yeah, it's everything. It's like lighthearted and funny, but also has emotional depth. And the cast is incredible, and the acting is amazing. Um, it's a it's a really great movie. It's a great pick. Can't say anything bad about it. Um, you know, so I, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of it when I first watched it, but that's only because I didn't actually finish it. Um, 
That tends to happen. When yeah, famously that, drank to watch like a crime mystery rock and not uh, Who done it? And I not know. hated who it. Done I never it. found out who did it. I know. It was very frustrating. I was watching with my, my uh, roommates at the time, and like they weren't feeling it. And like, I mean, it, it, you know, look at it from my point of view, not finishing it. We stopped sure. watching it right before. Um, what was it? Right before they pretty much left the uh, the house. Um, it was really before you really found out anything. Okay. Anything big really at all. Confused. You were very confused. You, you, met, you met a lot Damon of people. Got the first a, no 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, you you met a watching lot of rich and like, and white people. And then <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, no, I watched like else. the first like 50 minutes. Like it was like the first 50 minutes before you found like... <laughs> It, you know, before you found out anything about Ranson, it was it was actually like right before he did anything spectacular. It was okay. after like you know he gave the whole eat shit, you eat shit. Okay, well at least you got that. the best scene. Okay, right, it was great. But I was like, okay, this is a little predictable and everything. But they, you know, they had to go do something, so I didn't get to watch it. And then fast forward a couple months, I finally say, okay, I want to finish this. People love this movie. I'm missing something. Obviously, I'm missing the ending. And so I watched it, was like, <laughs> okay, missing something, maybe <laughs> half the movie. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. It wraps up really nicely. It's not an amazing movie, but it's really fun. It's just delightful to watch. It's it's clever. It, it's self-aware, you know, as far as like, you know, hey, this is a murder mystery. Look at what we're doing. You know, Ryan Johnson is, that's, you know, he, he he's a very clever writer, almost to his detriment sometimes. But I liked it. So I... I'm very excited for the Knives Out universe or the the sequel, whatever they're going to call it. I can't wait to see uh, Benny Blanc again. I I liked his character a lot. It was so absurd. I loved his uh, very bad accent. I'm a fan. Yeah. It feels, it feels, it reminds me a lot of this like old Hollywood kind of like movie making stuff, but like also in a, in a way that's like, it knows that about itself. It's not going to like try too hard to, you know, be serious or like whatever i think it's an excellent like balance of that right it is uh, this past decade was it's kind of really good about that there's a lot of kind of good movies that are very self-aware almost almost satires mm-hmm. of, of a genre while also pay, paying homage to it at the same time sure so yeah i dig it any any other thoughts about knives out y'all I'm very surprised it was nominated for Best Picture. I love that. I love that a genre movie like that would get the Academy's attention. Yeah, it, it does. It, when you watch it, it definitely doesn't feel like you're watching a, a Best Picture nominated movie. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like but I was very happy that it was nominated and got sure. that attention. Yeah. Knives Out is actually the sequel to the movie I drafted previously, Inside Out. You know. Oh, they're, okay. Interesting. You know, it's a real they're, twist. They're it's a real dark <laughs> twist. Thanks, take a turn. Um, Okay, guys, before we get to my next pick, we're going to go to a quick break. All right, welcome back from break. We're talking 2010s movies, getting down to the wire. We are back to Damon. What you got for us now, man? So I also have a 2011 movie, much like Dom's 2, you know, from that year. That year was a very, very solid year for movies. Really good year. Um, like I was talking before the break, uh, or during the break, rather, there's three movies that I want to draft, and one's going to get left out. But if I, you know, if I decide to do a more of a balanced board, 
it's this movie and another one, and I know one's going to get left out, but I do have solace that I've talked about it a lot in detail, so I think it's okay. But this one, I really haven't gotten to talk about a lot, um, and I don't think it gets enough praise. Um, it's one of the best action movies I've ever seen. It has some of the best action sequences, yes. best fights I've ever seen. So happy he was get, getting drafted. Yeah, me too. I'm talking about the raid, Redemption. Yep. Oh, Gareth Evans nope. movie. Not what I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna no. go with the first one. The first one. Sorry, I need to stop interrupting you. <laughs> I was just so hyped. I was like ready to be your hype man, and I'm not. It's not anti-hype for the pick. I just in my brain I thought it was I really knew what funny to watch because like Damon's like looking down, he's really serious, and these two knuckleheads just both going like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like let's go, and then both of them disappointed. So hold on. First off, has any of y'all seen this movie? I've never yeah. even heard of it. Yes, I've oh. seen it. Okay, Kyle, do you like this movie? I do. This is the second one, right? No, no, no. It's the it's the first one, which always throws me off. Like, why does the first what? movie get yeah. a subtitle? What's the second one yeah, called? Yeah, the first one is called The Raid Redemption. The second one is just called The Raid 2. What? <laughs> I vetoed yeah. this pick just based on that alone. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's it should be The Raid and then The Raid Redemption. The Redemption is much I more I genuinely watched them out of order then, because I watched, I watched this one second. I watched The Raid 2. Maybe I just missed the two. I love <laughs> the idea of Kyle being like, the Raid Redemption and Raid I don't 2. Get well, it. it's got to be the Raid 2 because no one would name Kyle. the original the Raid Redemption. I like the idea of Kyle <laughs> watching it and what he thinks is the right order and being really yeah. confused. I was going to yeah. say, Kyle, do you know that would make no sense <laughs> knowing what happens I, in Raid 2? It was very high. I just, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> Damon, you use that excuse every week, so I'm going to use it this time. Yeah. That was very Damon, high. <laughs> I, I encourage that excuse to be used. Okay. But no, it's the first, okay? okay. Uh, the Raid is an Indonesian action film by Gareth Evans. This guy knows how to choreograph a fight scene. He knows how to, to shoot it. Um, it's just so action-packed. It's pretty much... Uh, it's this elite task force, and they're breaking into this high-rise apartment complex pretty much ran overrun by like criminals and, and druggies um, by this uh, big gangster by the name of Tama Tama. And they're, they're there to pretty much clear it out to go get them. And like, they go through the first few floors pretty easily. And then once they get to the sixth floor, uh, they, they hit an alarm. And then across the PA, you hear the drug lord and he pretty much tells everyone in the place. Hey, if you kill these guys, you kill these cops. You can live here forever. So what ensues is pretty much everyone there is trying to kill them. And it is just brutal and intense. A lot of them die. A lot of the other people die. And eventually you just get to where you get to this core group and they're just trying to fight to get to Atama and his, his pretty much his generals. And it's just so well done. It's so intense the entire way. You're like, oh, crap, is it done? No, like, it's maybe, like, one minute of, of breathing and, and rest, and then it's down to another fight. And it's brutal. It's bloody. It's gory. It's very realistic and authentic. Um, and I love it. It's it's almost theatrical and, and poetic in, in some, you know, some scenes. It's, I think, the scene with, uh, what's his name, Mad Dog? Mm -hmm. um, yep. Is, one of, is maybe my favorite fight scene ever. It's just so good. Um, 
and yeah, I highly recommend y'all watch this movie if you like martial arts at all, um, or just gunfighting. I think this is the spiritual, like, innovator of the John Wick genre that we have now. So, this sounds like this sounds like it was. This sounds like a, a scheme for the slumlord to get rid of rent control tenants, like <laughs> by just t- telling them to go after say, like, Asian we, John Wick. Yeah, Damon was like, "This movie, it's so realistic," and I was like, "I don't know, man." <laughs> this sounds like a New York City slumlord who's like, "How do I get rid of these rent control tenants? I need more money." Hey, it's just Mr. Fish Odor at the Wonder Wharf. Yeah, and he says, "Okay, everyone, kill each other." And yeah, and whoever's left, uh, I can give you rent. (laughs) And Bob's just shooting everybody, and And Bob's just (laughs) going full John Wick. But no, it's a it's a really well done movie, and if you like action movies at all. It, it looks cool. I was looking it up while you were talking so, about it. It looks it looks like it would be it, it looks badass. It it is. It's probably some of the best, if not the best, fight choreography I've ever seen. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where even if I watched it apparently out of order, but I watched it <laughs> when I was a little bit burnt out on action movies and I was just like, oh, they all feel very formulaic. And it's kind of like you're like just in awe of like the way they shot some of that stuff and the actors involved, like they really put their heart and soul into every single scene and it shows it's just, I mean it, it yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah. I can't say anything bad about this. It's just a fun ride. It gets like very, very gory. So just like know that going in, but uh, yeah, just this movie really did walk. So John Wick could run because I feel like this is kind of now its own subgenre of action movies that are like hyper realistic you know right. like just like very gritty very they pay so much attention to detail with like every fight um and this is one of the first ones in this decade to do that so it's a great pick um Ika Uwe, one of the most talented martial artists in, in hollywood and just yeah. in martial arts uh, film is the main pretty much the star you know he's from Indo- indonesia then you have joe taslam uh, if you've seen the most recent Mortal Kombat movie, he was Sub Zero. Mm-hmm. He is a Jaka in this. He's he's leading the attack the task force. So seeing them go like just try to go through all these swarms of uh of criminals is just inspirational. It, you know, <laughs> it's inspiring. Kristen, do you have any thoughts about it? Are you intrigued to watch the movie at all? <laughs> Not really, but I would bet that I uh, I would bet anything. So my. She's like, no, I lived in New York City. I lived this movie. I was just like, like, no, like, spoiler alert, slumlords just get, like, really racist and kick out all the black people when they want to get rid of their control tenants. Like, it's much yeah. less, like, Much less exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. but my brother is, um, he does stage combat, and he's in, like, a, um, in a union for that and stuff like that. So I would be very surprised if I asked him about it and he had not heard of it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having that conversation with him and seeing if he, I would love it, actually, if I talked to him, he's like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Please tell me if he says that. Okay, I need to hear that. Also, ask which one he watched first. <laughs> yeah, 100. That, percent That's the important question. Oh God. Okay. Well, that—that's my pick. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I finally got to talk about it. It is a very weird title. Well, like yeah, the fact that yeah. you have that. What are they redeeming? It's the first movie. They don't have anything to redeem. <laughs> they tell you that like in the first ten minutes. They're but... redeeming the fact that they named it Redemption and that they named the second one the Raid Two. <laughs> All it's right. It's wild to me that the second one has a number. I would have <laughs> like, 
I thought it was just going to be called The Raid. It was going to be the second one. And I was like, well, that's stupid and confusing. But nope, The Raid 2. I would have been justified if it was just The Raid, but it was, it was called The Raid 2. <laughs> just missed that part. We would have had a whole Suicide Squad and, and The Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. That's my third pick. And now we're to Kyle. Your third pick on the turn. What you got for us? Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm kind of having the same struggle where, like, I don't want to go. I could easily just go with four really, like, downers of movies because I really love them. Like, they're all really great movies, and they're, other than Drive, they're, like, my top four. But, yeah, I, oh, there's so many good movies. Um, I'm going to go with one came out in 2013. Kind of the theme of this podcast, you know, like movies that we watched and just immediately were like just awestruck and wanted to talk about them. And like, this is the same thing. So I if you've seen this movie, this story I'm going to tell is going to be perfect. It won't make any sense if you haven't seen it. But I so I lived in California uh, from like 2012 to 2015. Um, and we uh, some friends and, my, and I went to go see a ton of movies at this like really old drive in or drive, yeah, drive-in theater that we were in like the desert of California, like Southern California, one of like the last drive-in theaters around. Right. So we would go and, uh, they, their family had this big white conversion van. Like they had like six kids, so it made sense, but otherwise it looked really creepy driving down the street. Um, so just picture that van rolling up to watch the movie prisoners in 2013. Uh, and yeah, we all were sitting watching the movie and, of course, loving the movie, and it ends, and we're all sitting there like, we we have to go. We need to leave before <laughs> someone calls the cops because we're sitting in a white, like an unmarked white conversion van watching a movie about a child <laughs> abductor. Not a great look. Um, <laughs> but I feel like drive-in theaters are a hit and miss for me because, like, I really have to be engrossed in the movie and I need to be able to, like, hear everything and, like, the best possible way to watch the movie. But... For a movie like this, it just added to it because it was like we were outside around all these other people, but not really. And it was just like such an ominous kind of feeling And the movie itself. So if you haven't seen the movie Prisoners, basically it's uh, it starts Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal, a bunch of other really great, talented actors. But essentially Hugh Jackman's daughter and his neighbor and best friend's daughter are kidnapped on Thanksgiving um, and the rest of the movie is kind of the investigation into what happened, where they are, you know, who kidnapped them uh, by Jake Gyllenhaal. He is the lead uh, cop in the in the case. And then Hugh Jackman starts to interfere with the case, wants to take matters into his own hands. Sounds like a very generic kind of Liam Neeson-esque revenge story. It's not. Uh, it's directed by Denis Villeneuve. So if you know that name, you know that it's not what you'll expect. It's very... It takes some really crazy twists and turns. Um, it's the best performance I've seen from Hugh Jackman. It's maybe the best performance I've seen from Jake Gyllenhaal, and that's saying something because he's my favorite other than Ryan Gosling. But they are just at the peak of their game in this movie. Um, I will say, I saw this. So it came out in 2013. This was like near the end of his Wolverine run, and I left the movie, and I was like, that's the most scared I've ever been of Hugh Jackman. And all the X-Men movies he's made as a literal Wolverine with metal claws, that's the most scared I've been of him. He's just utterly terrifying in this movie as this dad who's, like, willing to do anything to get his daughter back. It's great. It's really dark, very upsetting. But, it, again, is another movie that makes you ask a lot of questions, kind of like Whiplash, makes you ask a lot of questions about, like, what would you do in this horrific situation, right? Like, you put yourself in this situation, kind of ask, like, what 
human beings are capable of in, in these really bad uh, cases. And yeah, he's great. Jake Gyllenhaal is great. Paul Dano is is fantastic in a very very challenging role, not a enviable role to play, and he's great. Um, Ter- Terrence Howard is fantastic. Yeah, everyone is just perfectly cast, and it's one of those movies that you'll watch it and you'll just be constantly kind of going back and forth in your brain about what happened uh, at the end of it, especially. It just kind of makes you think, and it's it's one that I I saw, like I said, saw it, and that really shady conversion van with my friends and then we got out of there and went home and then we just kind of sat at their house and like talked about it for the rest of the night because it really does just encourage conversation and it's just it's a thinker i love it Dom? nice i've never uh another one i've never heard of um so i will have to add this to the list of movies to see if for no other reasons just so i can shit on it to continue this war between kyle and i but hopefully i'll like it um no, that's uh, everything you said about it sounds sounds great. I have nothing, unfortunately, to contribute other than I like all of those actors. I love Paul uh, Dano. I think he's constantly one of the most underrated actors uh, in Hollywood. So that is a when you said when you said his name, my ears perked up and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a try. <laughs> so I have a funny story about this. So I've heard you talk about it multiple times, uh, Kyle. You know, yep. it's a I can never say his name right. Villeneuve. 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 Villeneuve, uh, you know, we've talked about him a lot. And, you know, you always mention, oh, yeah, you really like Prisoners. I never realized that, that this was the same movie as the movie of Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal with the daughter missing. Because I remember vividly seeing those movie trailers, like, all over the place when it came out, right? And, like, I never watched it because I'm like, I don't want to watch that. Like, I, <laughs> like, I don't want to watch it, you know, it's like, oh, that's just depressing. It's like, yeah. But the fact that it's Villeneuve, like, the fact that he's the director makes me like, okay, what the hell happens in this movie? And now I'm like, this is probably a much different movie than I ever thought it was. So now I really want to go and watch it. So that's all I got on it. Kristen, have you seen the movie? I've not. I've not heard of it. From what I gather... It's another movie where Paul Dano is in a van for most of the movie. <laughs> and that just seems to be like his brand, which is really cool for him. It's That's good his for thing. Him. Yeah. <laughs> is that it, Kyle? Is that true? Is that does that ruin the movie if you tell us? No, he I mean he's it's his van that they find that kind of sets off all the investigation. So once oh, again so he's moving so he's moving up in the world. Now it's his van. He owns Yeah, he owns van. the van. Yeah. It's oh impressive. damn, look at him go. Look at him. Now he's the Riddler. I mean, so so happy for him. Um it's time to be alive for him. Riddler. <laughs> it's great though. I just I recommend it. it's very, very heavy. Probably the heaviest of the ones I've drafted. So you you gotta know what you're watching going in because it it it's very hard to watch at points. But yeah, I just it was also just a perfect time to watch it where I was like I didn't know how I felt about Hugh Jackman in general. Like, I like him as Wolverine and, like, I like him in, like, the prestige and stuff. But I was just waiting for him to do something kind of challenging and something different. And this is definitely that. Like, he's he's just goes to some places in this movie. It's just very impressive. So, uh, yeah. Like you said, Damon, it's not – from the trailers, you kind of can get the vibe of what kind of movie it is. But because of the director, I think that he's established a name for himself at this point with, you know, Arrival and Sicario and – He's making Dune like he just he knows how to like really subvert expectations in a way that a lot of people, I think, appreciate. Um, it's not too divisive. And that's definitely the case with Prisoners. This was the first movie I saw of his and I was immediately like a huge, huge fan. So nice. So 
That means we have reached the last round. This is Kyle's last pick. And are you going to go with another one-worded title? You've got Whiplash. Can you give us like, oh. a one-word sad, angsty room? Oh, wow, yeah. I think you're only allowed to pick a one-word title. My hands are tied. I have it has to be I the shortest word and the saddest <laughs> movie yeah. that you can manage. And now I really want to. Um, no, I can't. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I've got I've got Prisoners, I've got Room, I've got Whiplash. I'm going to go with, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with five words this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is one that I've also talked about quite a bit. Uh, it was on my personal film festival draft. It's a movie that I think is just, um, like I said with Room, it, it can be heavy, but also it just is the cure for cynicism. It just really, like, is very cathartic. Uh, I'm going to go with 2018's If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, that's the one I had typed in earlier. Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Just I, I never shut up about this movie. I adore it. I adore every single frame of this movie. So it's based on a James Baldwin novel, um, basically about Tish and Fani, uh, a young couple who, uh, when the movie starts, it kind of goes back and forth a couple times in as far as time goes. But basically, in the present, um, Fani has been wrongfully arrested for. Uh, a rape and basically it's about tish's fight to get him out of jail um and also go it kind of goes back to like their story how they met how they fell in love and stuff and their family um again another heavy kind of story but the connection between the two of them i don't think i'm being exact exaggerating or hyperbolic when i say it's one of my favorite on-screen romances of all time i think that they just the, it's very similar, Dom, to, you know, like Ryan and Carrie and Drive. A lot of it is just in their um, their faces, like the, yeah. the connection they have is just immediate. You just understand that they are made for each other. Um, yeah. So uh, Tish is played by Kiki Lane and um, Fani is played by um, Stefan James. And they are two faces that I don't see a ton right now in movies, but every time they, they show up, I'm just like, wow, I wish they were in more stuff. They just have this really, really cool energy to them. And they're fantastic. Uh, Regina King plays um, Tish's mother, and she won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. She is fantastic in this movie. She has a scene where she just oh, she blows everyone away. Pedro Pascal shows up for like one quick scene, um, which is cool. <laughs> uh, he's great. Just everyone is, is, again, perfectly cast. Dave Franco shows up for one scene, kind of like Pedro. You're like, oh, it's Dave Franco. And he's <laughs> oh, not. Look at this shit. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't stick out like he does in most movies. Like, it's, it's not like, oh, it's Dave Franco. Like, he's right. just really good. He fits in the scene, and he's he's really good. Ultimately, the movie is just very compassionate. Like, it's just this very hard situation that these two characters are in. But the big theme of it is that, like, as corny as it sounds, there's a line that's like, you've trusted love this far, trust it all the way through. And it's just this idea, this theme of like, as difficult as things get for these two people, they genuinely have so much love for each other and their families have so much love that like it's gonna see them through this terrible situation. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, forgot to mention him, you know, love Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta and just basically everything he does. Uh, he has like maybe two scenes in this and there's a monologue he gives that I think should have won him the Best Supporting Actor Oscar and he wasn't even nominated, so fuck you Academy. Um, he's great, <laughs> just the cast is all great. It's very compassionate, it's a very warm movie. It's got my favorite musical score I've ever heard in a movie, um, Nicholas Rattel. Just his score is beautiful. It's one that I play on the back in the background, like for anything I'm doing. Um, there's a track on it called Agape. 
Uh, I like to say this is when I get real film broy and pretentious, but I like to share that with people and say like this track is what love sounds like. It's just it it's perfectly encapsulates just that feeling about that is so on brand for you. Yeah, in the exactly. best in the best and worst way, it just all of it. I, I say know. it lovingly. It that's perfect. I you. get it. No, I I get by drafting this. I'm very like I'm a hopeless romantic. I hate to admit it. Like I hate being one sometimes, but this movie reminds me why I love being one because it just mm -hmm. it's, it's rings true. Like the the theme of of love getting you through is is it really resonates with me. So it's a great movie. Again, it's heavy at points, but it's just watch it for the performances alone because you will watch these two characters in love and fall in love with them. So I've been meaning to watch this since Kyle's drafted it way back in the day for his personal film festival. And I still have it, but I just am very excited about it. Every time you talk about it, I'm just like, this sounds like a movie I'm going to enjoy a lot. And I actually, you know, looking at lists, you know, just doing some prep, seeing what movies the, the consensus think is the best movies of the 2010s. This is a movie that gets mentioned on a lot of lists. It's very highly regarded. Um, you know, so I'm I'm very excited. I love Stefan uh, Jacobs. James, right? James. James. Yeah. Yes. He's very talented. Uh, I love everything he does. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to finally see it uh, one day, hopefully. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Have you seen it? Oh, is it no, on Hulu? So yeah, yeah. this is a this is one that this is a movie I've heard of because uh, I feel like it got a lot of buzz. There's a ghost in the room, guys. The light is flickering. So sorry. <laughs> um, the got a lot of buzz, obviously. Um, but then it's just one of those that like I didn't see and sort of faded from my awareness. Um, but hearing how uh, how highly you speak of it like I, I i've just added it actually to my list like of movies that i need to watch pretty high up there even though i hate you and everything you stand for um <laughs> when when you i find that when you and i agree on movie things it's like we we hard agree so yeah yeah <laughs> so i am excited by the potential of that with this movie uh and i i definitely will will be watching it soon kristen have you seen it I have not, but I do really want to see it. And I'm like, kind of like just looking at the Wikipedia right now, like synopsis, like while Kyle was talking. And it seems like, you know, you guys really like to talk about New York City apartments where like landlords <laughs> are a piece of shit. Unintentionally, but yes. Um, but no, I definitely remember when it came out and being like, oh, like I should really see it. And then I don't know what happened. It just like, like flew off the radar for one reason or another. But I also did see it on the list like, while I was doing research for that too. Um, and I also know that it's a book. So I, it was one of those things where I was like, should I read the book first or should I see the movie first? And then I didn't make a decision and I forgot all about it. So I should make a decision and I should try to watch it since you speak so highly of it. He does. He does. Well, that is a very, very own brand Kyle pick and a very own brand Kyle draft. Uh, <laughs> any last thoughts about the, the movie before we move on? Uh, I would actually say, like, for anyone who hasn't seen or read the book – see the movie first because i saw the movie first and i this is like sacrilege because james baldwin is such an iconic author author i think i like the movie more the book is is flawless and it's like most of his work it's just fantastic but the movie there's something about like visually seeing everything that happens it just hits really strikes a chord that the book doesn't so if you haven't if you don't have, haven't experienced a story at all i would recommend watching the movie first so that can really color your first impression of it nice all right, that means it is now my pick, my last one. So I have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Inside Out, and The Raid Redemption. 
So now it's going to be the Raid 2, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the Raid 2 is pretty good, but no. Um, so this movie is going to be my horror pick. And it's one of my favorite horror movies, maybe of all time. It's so clever and innovative. It takes a genre that you think is dead and just reanimates it. Um, it's very emotional and heartfelt for a horror movie. I think the most the best horror movies are the ones that are able to do that, make you feel and for these people that you just met and you don't want to see them die. Um, I'm talking about Train to Busan. I'm Train to Busan. Uh, it is not a, what I thought you were not again. Yeah, I had I, in my in head. I'm just hyping out. you up so hard in my head. <laughs> and I'm I like, thought yes, I fucking love this pick. I definitely thought it follows was going to come up, and I was going to be like, "Fuck yeah, oh, let's yeah. go!" I, I that that is one of my favorite horror movies, and I'm very. I was very close to picking that one. I thought 100 percent this was going to be Get Out, but I was expecting Cabin in the Woods. So we're That's all wrong. So funny, <laughs> we're all wrong. There's some amazing horror movies. Yeah. In the 2010s, and all of those are really good movies. I love all those movies. But Train of Busan gets it for me because it's just... It's a movie that keeps me watching the entire time. It's it's movies that keeps my attention, I think I value very highly, okay? Ones that I just, like, from beginning to end, I don't want to miss a step because it's like, oh... Like, for the first time, because, like, I don't want to miss anything that happens. Like, it might be super important. Like, I don't know what's going to go down. And then, from then on, all of my rewatches, it's just like, oh, I don't want to miss this part. I love this part. Like, oh, this part was so good. Train to Busan is essentially about this train from that's leaving Seoul Station to Busan. Um, it's got this, you know, ensemble of characters, everything from a high school baseball team to a disgruntled uh, husband and his pregnant wife to a really rich and arrogant COO to, uh, to this dad and his uh, daughter who he's taking to go see, uh, her mom, you know, they're, they're divorced. And so he's going to take her on this train to go see her for her birthday. And so, you know, they're just going, it's like an any normal day. And then like, you see like the rumblings of, of something happening. And this lady who, uh, is apparently infected stumbles onto the train just as it, it leaves. And she starts infecting people. And essentially the, the, you know, the outbreak starts happening very quickly. And you're on this train. So it's essentially zombies on a train. But it's done in such a fun and clever way. It's, it's not cliche. It's not tropey. It's not hokey. It's very well done. It's very action-packed. It's intense. It's zombies that you've seen before. But at the same time, there's little wrinkles that make them different and unique. Uh, they use the whole idea of them being on a train master masterfully, you know, like everything from the geography of how a train works to tunnels playing an important part to just, you know, the different compartments and everything. It's so fun. Uh, it's like a breath of fresh air watching it, like after so many different zombie movies and like same old, same old. I love this movie so much. Uh, I really want y'all to go watch it because i don't think any of y'all have seen it so no, i've never heard of it but i think what you said kyle? Out... Oh. oh sorry <laughs> oh, i was like kyle you have seen it yes okay okay but dom what were you gonna say no the thing that you said that stuck out made a lot of sense like i think 
I think our generation specifically is like grown up where we are multitasking a lot, right? We've got like screens, specifically our phones. Like we're we're on our phones a lot, and to the point that like it, I like you know, with a lot of stuff that we rewatch or even shows that we like just watch, watch like we'll be on our phones sort of simultaneously, and that's okay, and like that's not a negative thing. But then when a when a movie does come along or a TV show that just fully captivates your attention and and in a way that is natural and effortless and not not where you feel like someone is forcing you to put your phone down uh those are the ones that really like that stick out and and I think stick with me so it makes a lot of sense that that when you say that that this movie would be special to you and it's definitely one that I've never heard of but because you described it that way uh it's definitely added to the list of movies I'd like to watch, even though it's a horror movie and I hate horror movies, usually. <laughs> uh, Kristen, uh, how do you feel about this movie? Are you going to watch it? It definitely sounds super captivating. I'm a big fan of these kind of like, like whatever the bottle episode equivalent is to like a movie where it's just like one setting, like one thing, like let's go. And it sounds like it's really well done also. Um, so it definitely sounds really good. Um, I would for sure be interested to watch it. I'm surprised I hadn't heard of it before, actually. Gotcha. Kyle, so as the person who has seen it, how do you feel about this movie? Yeah, I, I think you drafted this one earlier, maybe for like your film festival draft or something. It was a long time ago because I had only seen it once then. I think I've only seen it once since then. <laughs> but um, I do. I really love it. I will say I hate zombie movies, and this is unequivocally the best zombie movie I've ever seen. It's it just like everything you said. It plays with the genre really well. A lot of tropes and cliches aren't really done. It 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 just knows how to keep the movie exciting and not tired and recycled. And like you said, it it, it manages to still have an emotional core. Um, you really feel for these characters. Uh, I never ended up seeing Peninsula. You know the sequel that came out last year. It. I'm, it's getting re- it's gotten really bad reviews and it seems like even the, like the diehard fans of the original really didn't like it so but also it didn't seem like a movie that really warranted a sequel so mm-hmm. I'm fine with never seeing it I'm fine with just having the perfect like first movie um but it's great I, I think it's a really really cool pick like I said like we all expected a different one because this is one of the best decades for horror movies because they got so inventive and so creative um so, yeah, you could have gone a lot of different directions and I would have been on board with any of them. I even thought you might have gone with Dr. Sleep because that's also a great one. Um, but, yeah, this is just a really, really fun, exciting movie. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to rewatch it soon after this because I completely forgot about the movie until you brought it up. So it's a great pick. And I just wanted to mention both of my last two movies are subtitles. They are foreign movies. And I think that's just a... For one, just the high quality of movies of this last decade, but also just the fact that we people need to open their eyes and and read some more, and you're gonna see some amazing movies. There's just there's plenty of movies even before this decade that I I've been meaning to go check out. You uh, just want to brag about that. how smart you are. <laughs> read movies. And- <laughs> that just reminds me of those like um I saw Pan's Labyrinth in theater and incredible and but my favorite part is that like it's what starts and it's in spanish and the subtitles come up and there's like definitely a couple people in the theater who were like not aware it was going to be this way (laughs) at this time and like you heard like well i knew it was from spain but like i assumed it would translate and people just like got like i don't want to read everyone just got like very like uppity like about it (laughs) i was elected to lead not to read 
there's like four little pockets of people who like found a way to like walk out of the theater kind of thing. Like, how do I get up and leave without looking like an idiot? <laughs> what else are you going to do in a movie theater? You're watching the screen anyways. Come on. Yeah. Uh, you miss out on so many good movies that way. Like, yeah. I, I feel like now people are starting to like not it's not that's not a common thing anymore. But like it is true. Like you just miss a like, Parasite is a great example. Parasite, I was just about to picture. say. And so many people were like, oh, I should watch it now. Like, just because it's, it's in... like one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's so it's good. It's incredible. Yeah. It's so, a good one. It's a, it's a great pick. All right. That's my last pick. And now we're to Kristen's last pick. You gave us Midsommar, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Knives Out. I just so. got to say, I think my picks are the most like visually stunning. I would look at all those movies. Sound I... off. I would look at all of them. I did a, I did a good job. Those um, are pretty movies. So for my last pick, and I'm like bouncing around through like my my tops here, and I'm realizing like a lot of them hit on kind of like my like inner child or how I like to think of like my like childhood and adolescence and things like that. And so there were so many to kind of like pick from that it feels like overwhelming now. Um, but I think that for my last pick, I I would be remiss if I did not include an animated movie on my list, I feel like. So I am going to go with 2017's Coco. Yes. yes. I'm so happy this got picked. Coco made me ugly cry in a way yeah. oh that my God. I had not cried at a movie in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's one of those things like, like how I was saying before with Whiplash, where it's like movies about music for my, for me either are like really hit or like really like miss and this one just like hits it like dead on in a way that doesn't feel like cheesy or expected like the twist I did not actually see coming and usually I feel like I'm pretty good at like spotting those so I'm like oh shit um it's beautiful it's so well written I like when Disney does these things where they take place like in a different culture in a different time and they really do their research and this is a really good example mm-hmm. of that where like they they really did their their job with this one, I think. <laughs> Good job, um, you did your job, <laughs> right? But like, um, and I remember also like seeing it. Like, I I love when they do these like foreign movies that are all based in countries in the world showcase at Epcot, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah, what's gonna happen to Mexico land now? <laughs> Hell yeah, let's go. Um, it's a soundtrack I listen to often. Um, I can't I because just, it'll just make me cry. I can't. It's. <laughs> It's just so, it's so beautiful and it's so well done and it's just like so smart and I'm a big fan of all things like spooky and like, so I was like, oh fuck yeah, Day of the Dead, let's go. So it just hit all the, all the notes for me where it's like, I couldn't not love it. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy that it was still available for me to pick as my last one. So happy you picked this. Cause this was like, I, I know what I'm drafting next and it's not this, but this was like one of the next like two or three on my list it's like it's such an amazing movie and i actually didn't see it so i didn't see it when it came out because for whatever reason at that point in my life i just wasn't really watch I, like i just wasn't going to see uh animated movies pixar or, or otherwise um and then about a year and a half ago i actually i lost my grandpa um which was like the big not to be a downer on the podcast all right but that was like the big like that was like the first big uh death for me to experience as a person and i decided it would be a good idea um like a few months after that to finally watch coco and it's funny because i didn't do it like 
in a like lean into the sadness kind of way. I was just like, oh yeah, I've, I haven't seen this. Like I, I should probably watch this. It looks great. And then it was just me ugly crying for the next, you know, two to three hours um, in the best way though. Like it's such a fucking beautiful movie. It's, it's so heartfelt. It It's just all of the things that you want from a Pixar movie and from just a movie in general. Like it's, it's an amazing pick. I'm really glad that it, that it was uh, selected. Damon, you're muted. The emotions, <laughs> the emotions were too much to handle. Yeah, he's choked up over there. <laughs> this is a very emotional movie, okay? Like, the fact is, I didn't watch it for a while because everyone was like, you're going to cry. And I'm like, I don't want to cry. Like, I just did, wasn't in the mood, like, when it came out. I was like, I don't, I don't feel like watching a movie. I'm just going to just break down, you know? And then finally, like, I relented and... Uh, my roommates finally got me to watch it and I cried and I loved it. It was really good. It's such a beautiful movie. I love, I love when you see these different kinds of worlds that, that Disney gives us or Pixar gives us, you know, it's like, Oh, where are we going to go? That's just this mystical, like uh, fantasy world. And like, they take us to the afterlife this time. And it's just a really cool way they do it. I love how the memories work. Like we talked about the memories fading and, and inside out earlier. This is another, you know, kind of way they do that. You know, their memories, they, they stay living, you know, down there until they're, you know, no one has those memories anymore. That was such a heartbreaking thing. Like, Oh, you know, this, this photo is the last part way we're going to remember you. And yeah, remember me is just, that song is one of the best songs. It's going to go cry now. Hold on. <laughs> that Pixar is done. It is probably the best song. It's so good. I love Miguel as a character. Um, in my Pixar rankings, I have Ernesto de la Cruz as the number one villain because fuck that guy. Hell yeah. Fuck the worst. Definitely fuck that guy. Yeah. I don't like it, him. Yeah. It, I, I was, Dom, I was the same as you. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Didn't see it initially, and then it was on Netflix. I think this was before Disney Plus was a thing, so they still had Pixar movies on Netflix. And I was like, wait, I think I was hanging out with some friends later that night, so I had some time to kill. So I was like, oh, this is a fun little <laughs> kids movie. It's not going to wreck me at all. I'm just going to watch yeah. this real quick before hanging out with them. And they came in like right as it was ending, and I was just like in a puddle on the floor. And they were like, "Are are you good?" And I was like, "I just watched Coco." And they're like, "You're not good. We're gonna no. come back." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie is is so so good. Um, just everything about it. I, I I love Hector so much. Just one of my favorite Pixar characters. He's he's the best. Um, yeah, I like you said, Damon. The concept of when I was watching it in real time and I really like grasped the concept of like dying a second death when people stop remembering you, that fucking like destroyed me just to, as a concept alone is just heartbreaking. And the fact that Pixar would even like approach that is, is, the, is why they're the best. We just talked about it with inside out, but the fact that they can get these themes and like not be too over uh over your head about it but like they just approach it in a very practical and real way and an honest way and just like inside out i think this is a really important movie for kids to watch maybe a little tougher for them to watch than inside out but it's one that is very i think kids could watch this and have a easier time grasping these really difficult topics like death and, and and memory and stuff like that um yeah i agree with the soundtrack Kristen. that's a that's 
among Pixar soundtracks, that's probably the one I, I replay the most. Um, For sure. Just mm-hmm. every single song is a banger. Um, there's a yes. few songs that I have in my own, like, kind of, like, singing repertoire that are foreign language that I've, like, committed to, like, memory and, like, learning mm-hmm. in the original language. And, um, uh, what is it, La Llorona from the Coco soundtrack is, is oh, on that, yeah. like, list 100%. It was so good. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's a really, really great movie. I'm glad it was picked. I gotta say, that's Pixar 2, Disney O, for this decade. <laughs> ah, suck it. Disney, <laughs> even though they own it, so they yeah. Like, it turns Disney's out, like we own Pixar, so yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it turns you. out people really like when characters die a second death. Let's find a way to like, really like mess everybody up. Exactly. Oh, oh God, such a good one. Fucked my shit that, up. Oh, and once again, a very heavy movie. Uh, we are we are very own brand here. Yeah, very heavy podcast. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> and that leads us to the very last pick, and before that. We're going to go to one quick break. And we're back. And we have one pick left in the entire Acolytes of Femme series. 2010s. That hurt. Dom gave us Star Wars Rogue One, Drive, and Like Crazy. And for that fourth one, what you got for us? Yeah, this is going to be the most anticlimactic um, pick of any draft you guys have ever had, probably, maybe. Um, Don't before, talk about drafts like that. <laughs> before I give the pick, I just want to preface by saying that I am a self-identified Nolan bro or fanboy. Um, but that being said, Nolan bros and Nolan fanboys have a really bad rep, and they, it's, like, deserved a lot of the time. Like... There was this thing that happened when Inception came out, which is not the movie I'm picking, where that movie is like super complicated and frustrating to understand sometimes, even though it's a movie I love. And the entire population of the Nolan bros basically did this thing where they're like, no, it's like, if you don't understand it, you just don't get it, man. Like, (laughs) I guess you're just not smart enough. And it's this like super douchey attitude that really, I think, turns people off. So I would just like to be here to represent the um, non-toxic part of the Nolan fanboy community and the the welcoming part. Uh, Yeah, all of that being said, I'm picking Interstellar. Um, No way. Outside (laughs) of... What? I know, yep. Uh, outside of Alien, this is my favorite um, space movie ever. Um, it's two hours and 49 minutes, which sounds like a lot, but it never felt long to me at any point when I saw it. Like, I saw it in the theater, and it, it, like, it pulled me in from the opening scene, and it was one of those movies where, like, when the credits rolled, I sort of, I, like, I had to physically sit back because I was on the edge of my seat and like take a second to bring myself back to the real world because I was just so immersed in this world that he had brought us into. Um, I think it's really cool that he brought in Kip Thorne, who, if people don't know who that is, he is a ridiculously smart, like Nobel Prize winning physicist. And he consulted on everything, all the sciencey shit in the movie um, and really made it like realistic. And they like, they like had like, he had to push back at certain points. Like, I guess they had a famous fight or like argument um, that lasted a few weeks where Nolan wanted <laughs> Nolan wanted um, the crew to be able to travel faster than light. And Kip Thorne was like, no, this is not a thing. You stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not what I agreed to. Um, because he was one of the consultants on it, like the 
the scenes that we get of the black hole and like the visual effects are some of the most realistic um, depictions of a black hole. And it's like so realistic that he, a Nobel Prize winning astrophysicist, has like written a few papers like using it and citing it as like an example, which I just think is really cool. Um, as always with Nolan, like basically anything that could be shot practically was shot practically. And I think even like your feelings aside um, on, on his movies, which are all, you know, it's fair. The one thing that I love most is that his movies really hold up. Like um, the scenes age really well because he shoots them all practically. Like it's the reason why Jurassic Park holds up well. It's the reason why Alien holds up well. Like the less CGI you can use, the better. And he um, did a great job with that. Uh, the influences of 2001 and the like clear homages are like present throughout, and I like, but they're done in a way that never felt like sort of a ripoff. Um, but I really love that the cast is insane. Obviously, Jessica Chastain is my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, but like when you've got Timothy Chalamet, John Lithgow, and fucking like David Oyelowo as playing relatively small supporting roles, like that's just a ridiculously stacked cast. Um, this was also the first time I ever liked McConaughey, really. Like, I grew up thinking he was horrible and always in stupid, shitty movies, um, which he was for a long time. Um, and then he, like, he sort of blew us away with, with True Detective, which I loved. But I was still, like, even after watching that, I was like, all right, like, he's, he played that one character well, and, like, he can do TV, like, well, but I'm still not buying him in movies and so like when the teaser trailer when the first teaser started to come out for um interstellar i was so conflicted because i was already such a huge nolan fanboy but i hated mcconaughey so much <laughs> and i was like this i like i can't there's so many feelings i have so i, I like simultaneously went into that movie with extremely high and extremely low expectations <laughs> um but i thought he was like I thought he was amazing in it. I thought like the Murphy character is so is one of my favorite characters in in all of fictional world. Like she's just one of my favorite fictional characters. Um, so much so that like for many years of my life, I thought the first that I wanted to name my firstborn daughter Murphy. <laughs> and I'm still, you know, I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying. Um, no, but I think I think it of all the criticisms of Christopher Nolan, and a lot of them are fair, and I get them. I think that this movie he it, it's like it's the culmination of all the shit that he does well um i think it's visually incredible i think it deals with time in a way that is not overly confusing like like it can be in some of his movies um i think it's one of the only movies that he successfully that he successfully like deals with like real emotions and emotional attachment with these characters and makes you feel that like there are multiple scenes that just fucking gut me between Murph and Cooper. And and that's like at the core of the movie. Um, so when you've got that at the core of the movie and then you add all the other cool like sci-fi shit and like the amazing performances from Anne Hathaway and like everyone else, um, it's just, it's it's one of my favorite movies. And like Damon, you were saying about um, Train, I think you were saying, Train to Busan. Like it's one of those movies where it just, it captivates me every time. It did in the theater, it does now. Like I... I never have a temptation to look at my phone or anything else. It's just, I'm fully immersed in this, in this film every time I watch it. Um, 
yeah, so it's just it's a, it's a very special movie to me, uh, and I think it's it's great, and I so I'm glad I I knew that I was gonna get it because we've got some Nolan haters here, which is understandable again, but uh, but I'm glad I got it, and I fucking so love this movie. I'll I'll go next as the other Nolan fan fan more be more of a fan I would say <laughs> than, than others, but uh, Interstellar is one that I enjoyed. I like it, I do, but I've only seen it once maybe and a half one and a half times um because it, it is a very long movie and it's unlike you know your experience with it it does kind of drag for me in some spots it's just like sure. okay i wish it would move a little bit faster um it's a good movie it is very emotional i'm a, I'm a big mcconaughey fan personally I, I enjoy him in movies and i love Anne hathaway i love jessica chastain it's a good movie i like it I honestly just feel like I need to watch it again to really know whether I have any more connection to it or it's just a it's just a good movie I like, you know. Um there's you know there's those movies that are done well, good quality movies that I can be like, okay, that's good. But sure. you know, it's always those movies that I can connect to it hits me on a personal level that always reaches that next level of of value or admiration. So totally. it's been a minute since I've seen it, so yeah, I also think the score is one of my favorite Hans Zimmer scores, and he obviously has given us many, many that are incredible. Um, but the score of this movie is is really, I think it it, it works perfectly with with the emotional shit and the tugging at your heartstrings at the right moments and all of the suspense and stuff. So that's just another aspect of this movie that I love. This is the last score that he did for no one, right? His uh, last few movies have I not been so. Zimmer. Yeah, which is which a is bad very sad by him. Yeah. 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 Kristen, do you like Interstellar? I so I hadn't seen it till a few months ago and I know it's one of Dominic's like all-time favorite things and I I was angry at myself because we had just one we just watched Tenant, which spoiler alert, it's awful. And I'm really just frustrated. Calm down. It's a and I'm just really movie. frustrated be, yeah, correct, Kyle. Thank you. So I was just like <laughs> and like I am not a Nolan fan. And we'd also been watching a lot of space movies. We saw Moon with Sam Rockwell, which was incredible. We watched a not-so-good movie about space with George Clooney. And then... (laughs) And also, like, I was thinking about Interstellar, and it came out at the same time as that other space movie with George Clooney. Um, Gravity? Thank you. Oh, I thought you were intentionally not naming it, because it's so bad. No, there's another there's another movie. bad space movie with George. That's just his thing now, I guess. Anyway, but so I was really ready to like I was all like space movied out and I love them all. And I was like, we've watched so many space movies. I do not like Christopher Nolan. Like, there's no way this is gonna stack up. It's gonna be a three hour just like nonsense fest. And then I was really angry with myself because I fucking love it. <laughs> and it's it for me did hit those like emotional notes and I was pissed how much I personally responded to the movie and how much of it resonated with me personally and what I love about filmmaking and as a fan of film. And I was angry at where it came from, but it was incredible. And it's it's been fun to watch the rivalry between Dominic and Kyle just grow and grow. <laughs> it on my end. And it's funny you, took, you talk about the ensemble cast. Um, I remember like, you're like most of the way through the movie, and then all of a sudden, Matt Damon is there. It's kind of like yes. a Muppet, it's kind of like a Muppet movie where like, what else is gonna happen? And then like Dom DeLuise like comes. <laughs> I out was like, so proud of myself for not spoiling that for you. Say the <laughs> my, 
my head canon my head canon is that's just mark watney finding his way back from mars yeah exactly <laughs> i was like oh shit matt is back in space hell yeah let's go I, I was so proud of myself for not spoiling that for you though because he, Kristen is a really big matt damon fan mm. and she was like sort of not not resistant but like i could tell that you had low expectations about this and for so long i was like i wanted to use that as like <laughs> more reason why you should watch it. And I was like, no, because one of the best parts of that movie is that nobody knew that he was going to be in it. He pops out of a tube. It's just yeah. like, fucking what? And it was great because we we watched it with our, our good friend, Katie uh, Banky, who was also, yeah, was also a big fan of the movie. And like, I remember that moment because Katie and I were both just like looking at Kristen, but like trying to be discreet about it. <laughs> and then he like comes out and she's like, oh shit. That's Matt Matt Damon. Damon. <laughs> it, so it was it's funny to and I think that that's why one of the reasons, one of the things that I like about the movie even more is that I went into it ready to not like it like and somehow against like my own like better judgment like and it was hard to admit to my, like you know like myself even at, at a, and then I was like you know like and I got over that real quick because I was like you know like fuck that like this is a great movie and I really enjoy it and like it was just a really cool experience to like be proven so incorrect about like my presumptions about a movie going into it. So I would highly recommend. All right, Kyle. Tell us your feelings right. okay. on Interstellar. I feel Look. like if me and Dominic's genes were like put into a blender or if we had like a son who traveled back in time from Y'all the future. Y'all are definitely my parents. It would be yeah. the truth. It's that, yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> I think this is a time, this is a Christopher Nolan. We're this a is Christopher a Christopher Nolan, Nolan movie. situation where, yeah. where Kyle's my time son. Time is just out of order and he is our son. All right, look, okay, so I don't hate Interstellar. I don't hate Christopher Nolan. Uh, just for good measure, Damon, I don't hate the fucking Terminator 2 I, either, but that's another story. <laughs> I never said um, it. You just, I just said you were wrong. And we'll settle this <laughs> in another fantasy face-off. Here's the thing. Okay, so I when I saw this movie in the theater in 2014, I would say I was probably as big of a fan of Nolan as Dom is now. Like, he was my favorite director, I thought everything he touched was gold, even The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I just loved everything he put out. That I saw this, and I had the reaction that that like a lot of people had. I thought it was phenomenal. I was blown away. Um, and then I watched other movies <laughs> uh, and came back to it. And look, I don't hate it. And I, there are actually still quite a few things about it that I adore. Like, I, I love... I will go back sometimes and just look up on YouTube the um, the docking scene, uh, kind of towards the end of the movie. Fuck it, because oh that is God. one of the most exhilarating movie scenes I've ever witnessed. Incredible. It's and incredible. another example of Hans Zimmer's score being yes. just the best. Who also, I will say, I, I'm not a huge fan all the time of Zimmer because right. a lot of the scores are very similar. But yeah. his score in that scene is so good. Um, I still like the movie. I think the runtime is really felt for me, kind of like what Damon said. I feel like it drags in a lot of places. Um, there's a lot of really big ideas at play. This is kind of my issue in general with Nolan. If you read the concepts for his movies on paper, it sounds like the greatest movie ever. And then when you watch it, it feels like something was missed between the script and what you see as the finished product. That's kind of how I feel about his movies. Not all of them. You know, I think some of them translate really well. Um, with Interstellar, it feels like there are so many great ideas. I would honestly love to read a book version of this because it feels like a big epic kind yeah. of novel. Um, so I love, and I also love, you know, I don't really love his world building most of the time. I think his world building in this is probably at its best, the way he sets up the story, um, the setting. Of, I mean, I love the beginning of it, the way that they set up why Cooper has to do what he has to do. Um, 
I personally really don't like the Matt Damon cameo. Uh, I'm also a big Matt Damon fan, so I was excited to see him the first time I saw the movie, but it just feels very out of place. And the fact that his name is Man could not be more on the nose. Um, I just, <laughs> I saw that the second time and I was like, fuck you. Like, we get it. it it's a very obvious message. Um, and then, you know, the idea, again, on paper, the idea of, I guess this is spoilers for Interstellar, but like the idea of the ending, right? With with that being a thing that kind of solves everything with him and 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 uh, and Murph. Love it on paper. Watching it, it feels very hokey. It feels very uh, ham-fisted. But I get it. Like I understand. I'm really excited you brought this up, though. Oh yeah. For people listening, let's. I'm just. I could. There's there's spoilers coming. So maybe yeah, if you yeah. don't want spoilers, skip ahead. Like three minutes or knowing me five minutes i don't know <laughs> and just if you, go skip and if you too also, far and then work your way back if you're not interested in chris, if you're not Stella. interested in chris nolan conspiracy theories you yeah turn off also the podcast that. right now one of the things i love about the movie is that like we've been talking about with other movies is that it really was intellectually stimulating for me in that um you know sort of like prompting me to do my own research and stuff about like both the movie and just about like black holes afterwards like shit like that but one of my favorite like i don't conspiracy theories or like theories about the ending that um that i that i've seen and like come to love in the last few years is that um so when we get to the dr man's world right and he's like taking him out to go see the serpent and then (laughs) and then it turns out there is no service and he's a bad guy and he's like sabotaged him and then he's doing his whole monologue about how when you're dying what you see last is your kids because you Mm want to just keep fighting right there's this theory that that is when he dies or like he does end up dying there and that everything from that point on is what he is seeing as he's dying right so like this character is is in the middle of dying after he's gone out and literally gone to a different like universe, you know, like through this wormhole to try to save his kids. And as he's dying, he like his brain, you know, gives him this, this crazy fantasy hallucination about saving his kids by being able to connect with these interdimensional beings and stuff. Um, I'm not saying that that's necessarily factual, you know, or like the intention of it, but I really love that theory and it, and it makes the ending it gives it, it adds a different dimension to the ending yeah. that I really like. Yeah. Yeah, dimension, all right. You're saying essentially the ending of Interstellar is is a huge ass DMT trip from a <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, it kind of, yeah. Like I mean, there's a reason that like in modern medicine that we've been finding that like treating terminally ill patients it's helpful to like mushrooms and stuff like that can mm-hmm. be helpful because it like helps them connect with the cosmos and you know in a way or like feel yeah. connected. And yeah. so like that it, it 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 feels really cool and uh and and like a, a cool theory that i enjoy um and i enjoy That's watching fair. it both ways i enjoy watching it like seeing it through that lens and also seeing it through like you know he actually did do all that shit so right but. all right i think that's a very fitting way to end this draft very own I think, brand i think pick. we can i think we can also just like call it with the feud because like dom and i don't hate each other it's like fair. we I do not hate this movie and I, I, I'll say honestly, hearing you talk about it makes me appreciate it more because the fact that there are people who are so passionate about it, I can appreciate that no one like gave us something like that. So I enjoy hearing you talk about it. I just don't enjoy it. Yeah. Movie. Also, if I actually hated you for not liking it, that would be the most Nolan fan bro thing <laughs> that really I am was. actively trying to not be. <laughs> so no, really we did not hate each other. I, I love. I feel Kyle. like if this was like my son, time. after all. 
I was just going to say, I feel like if this was like oldie times, this would be that situation where like Dom puts in his will that like, if I die, then Kyle like has to marry me and take care of, <laughs> take care of me. Kind of like, bullshit. Like he's really having like a nice bonding like moment here. Yeah. Pearl Harbor that shit, you know. No, so, it's all it's all love. Please all tell right. me that we're doing an honorable mention section. Yeah, we have. Even so if we do a rapid fire. Mom, I'm sorry. Let's... I will let the host host. Stop. <laughs> now that we are at the end of this draft, we're gonna go to the honorable mentions, Dom. <laughs> but let's go to Kristen first. Yes. Uh, and what's some of those uh, honorable mention picks you got? I was telling Dominic there were two big things that stuck out to me about when I was researching. Number one, it's what I'm going to call the curse of 2009, where there were so many movies that I wanted to pick and like they just missed the deadline. And I was like, well, that Mm -hmm. sucks. And number two, I was like, you know, there's so many honor. I wish that like we could have written like a we didn't start the fire style song (laughs) of just like rapid fire movie titles that I wish had been included and I did not get to like put them all together but like there's so many there's like other other like great Disney movies we didn't talk about like I love Wreck-It Ralph and both the Frozens came out um I'm a big fan of the Lorax movie I've listened to the soundtrack way too many times that's just like something about me um some really terrible musical movies came out like Les Mis and Rock of Ages and they're special (laughs) to me in my own way um yeah, um, I, I had thought about saying, like, The Perks of Being a Wallflower was one that didn't make my my draft that was on there. And also The Shape of Water, I really liked. Um, and, yeah, there's, like, a million and a half other things that we could have talked about. But I think we did a pretty good exhaustive chat. Like, I think we hit all the genres pretty good. Right. Kyle, what's some honorable mentions you got for us? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rapid fire through them because there's just too many. Um, I almost went with Blade Runner 2049. I think it's a fantastic mm-hmm. sequel. Really great movie. Um, Sleeping with Other People, I think, is a woefully underrated rom-com. It is just the antithesis of a rom-com. It's just very deep, and I, I love it. Jason Sudeikis before Ted Lasso, and he's really charming. Um, Blue Jay, another one without a script. Mark Duplass and Sarah Paulson just falling in love the entire movie, and it's great. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis is great. La La Land, uh, Arrival. Mm-hmm. Blue Valentine, I was real close to picking because it's depressing as hell and I love it. That's so uh, unbrand for you. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to a friend of the pod, Katie, again, because I know she loves that movie. Um, Mandy, love Mandy. Uh, Sing Street, Nightcrawler, Parasite, Wind River, Take Shelter. Uh, another bit boring space movie that I unabashedly love. I should have picked it so that Dom and I could argue. Uh, Ad Astra. Um, oh, that's that was such a bad movie. <laughs> See, oh, my God. That's my Interstellar. There it is. <laughs> Fair. We'll talk about that later because I love yeah. it. Yeah, uh, the town, uh, great Ben Affleck. <laughs> love movie. that movie. And Silver Linings Playbook, just adore that movie. Um, yeah, and then Me and Earl and the Dying Girl for one that's like a little obscure, but it's really, really charming and sad and happy and funny and all the things. That's it. <laughs> all right, so uh, I'm I actually made this list like about at the end, like at the very beginning of 2020. Like to just you know a list of movies that I love from this past decade, and and so these are the ones that I you know didn't it didn't make my top four, but these are part of my top twenty five. I've got a very divisive movie, Wolf of Wall Street. Nice. Very, it's, it's it's a mess of a movie, but I de- definitely like how meta it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one movie that I almost drafted, but I decided not to, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that movie, but I decided not to for the sake of talking about 
another movie I haven't talked about. So it had to be sacrificed. Then the Kingsman, one of my, I, I love that movie so much. Uh, the Freebird church scene is one of my favorite scenes of all time. So good. I love that scene. Inception, very high up for me. I love that movie. 21 Jump Street, I think, is one of the best comedies of the last 10 years. Oh. It's hilarious. I love, you know, like, the scene where they're doing the drugs and, it's, you know, they's like... Put that <laughs> put tongue, tongue back, back in your mouth. mouth. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> it, like, he's still, like, banging the instruments and the... He's yeah. Like, Math! This is gonna turn into the. This is gonna turn into the three dudes just laughing about Twenty One Jump Street, and Chris yeah. is gonna roll her eyes. At okay, we'll stop. We'll stop. We should be talking more about Horrible Bosses. That was really the top comedy oh, of the last decade that we didn't see. Um, Horrible <laughs> Bosses is very good. That is a very good comedy. Also, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, is yeah. an amazing movie. The Cabin in the Woods. Snowpiercer. It follows. Yes. Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh, great movie. Great and I'll cut, it, I'll cut it off there. I, there's plenty, plenty of other ones I could list. Okay, Dom, what you yeah. got for? First of all, I love the town. My hot take of the show is that the town is better than Departed. But um, agreed. I will leave We're it back at that. together, baby. We're back together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here are my uh, the yeah uh, honorable mentions. Ex Machina, Ooh. one of my favorite movies ever. Just great. Maybe. About Time, also one of my favorite movies. Um, Mad Max, Get Out, uh, Endgame, obviously. Parasite, we already talked about. What We Do in the Shadows is one of my like favorite underrated comedies. It's fucking hilarious. Um, Hell or High Water is great. Uh, Coco, we already talked about. Both Toy Stories 3 and 4, Black Panther, Dunkirk, Lady Bird, um, Looper, Bridesmaids, Moneyball, Moonlight. Irishman, Social Network. There are many more, but I'll stop. Oh, and, and Incredibles 2. I'll stop there, though. <laughs> Incredibles 2 is better than Incredibles 1. Stop it. <laughs> stop it right now. Kyle and I just always disagree about sequels. Just yeah, always, Just constantly. Okay. Uh, I think we've talked enough, guys. Uh, Kristen, Dom, it was so nice having you all again. Thank you so for having us back. Yeah, thanks so much you for will. having us. It's always a blast. Uh, I don't know what episode. We'll find one. It'll be fun. Uh, do y'all have anything to tell the people at home before y'all go? I don't think so. Anything you want? Anything. No. No. Got nothing. I feel, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> uh, damn it, I wish I had, like, a thing to say. No. Something real I'm sorry I put y'all on the spot. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at my challenge draft. Everyone should watch the challenge so that I have more people to share. Yeah, if, 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 we, if you can take one thing from this podcast, it watch the challenge it's the best i was contemplating actually joining the uh fantasy yes. league with hell yeah and making the dive to watch it do it uh, maybe i might i'm thinking about yes. it when does it start it already started oh but... so i can't do the league okay well i can't out up sorry i'm out well, damon, <laughs> if you want, damon if you want you can join it and then just stop watching halfway through and hate it exactly yeah, yeah that'd be perfect <laughs> that's yeah. what you love there's a lot of people you have no idea what's going on and exactly you and then you can okay. stop. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. I uh, hope you all keep tuning in. These episodes have been so great. Kyle, what we got in store for the people? Yeah, uh, next week uh, we'll be missing 
uh, one half of Planet Fantasy. Damon will be out for a, uh, a wedding, but I'll be joined by my, my good pal Micah, my other good pal Leah, first-time guest for Leah. Um, we're going to be talking about Oscar snubs, Damon's favorite <laughs> topic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about movies that we wish or categories that we wish got the Oscar and didn't. It's going to be a lot of fun just hating on the Academy the entire time. But yeah, just a quick thank you to everyone that joined us for these two series. You know, this is now the end of Children of the Tube and Acolytes of Film. They were a blast. It was so fun to just look back at all these decades in, in film and TV. So if you joined us, thank you so much. If you listen, thank you so much. And yes, Damon. One more second. Just a <laughs> quick tease for our next brand new miniseries we have coming. Stewards of Sound. All That's about right. songs of the decades. Yeah, get ready for it. Oh, oh yeah, I want in on one of those, please. I was just gonna say, <laughs> dibs on one of the decades. Preferably the sixties. Damn right. it! We hope to see y'all soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.